This is um, Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this is where we talk to interesting people such as yourself, and we go through your life story a little bit. We extract some knowledge nuggets, and we get a sense of who you are and what you you know do in Glad life and whatnot. Glad to be here, first and foremost. Nah, it's my pleasure Appreciate to have your you. Time. And shouts to uh, Ghostface Miller for the uh, for the hookup. Shout out Ghostface Miller, indeed. He's all like, we be trying to get him on the show, and he's like, fuck me. I want you to interview Neve. And, <laughs> and I'm like, no, but Fair. he really should be on the show, though. Everybody agrees with you. Really of be. like, the, I know Ismail's here, and Ismail agrees with you. The only one who disagrees seems to be Ghostface, but that's what it is. Can't make him, I can't tell him that, but y'all can keep telling him that. And then inevitably yeah. he'll change his mind and we can get him to come do it. But we have you here for now. And in order to do this right... I will do for the time being. <laughs> nah, you're wonderful. I'm excited to talk to everybody. <laughs> Everybody's got a story. Everybody's life is interesting. It's just a matter of getting people to talk about the interesting things in their life, right? Yeah, um, I agree. So, like, to start off with, I don't know that many people from Pennsylvania, so... Alrighty, it's a whole new world for me. But if you could just let us know a little bit, because my opening question is going to come in a second. But in order for it to like land correctly, we do need to know where you start your life. Do you like start in Pennsylvania or is it somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, um, twenty-one years old. Um, I was I was pretty much <clears throat> entirely born and raised in PA. Um, I lived for a short period of time in uh Arizona. Um, but thankfully we moved back here. Uh. You know, pretty, you know, had a relatively, had a pretty good childhood, good, easy, you know, upbringing, nothing We're about to go into your childhood. We live in suburban, I I currently live in the suburban wilderness, as I like to put it, but, you know. (laughs) We'll get into all that. So, to start this (laughs) off, though, my first question is a bit of a story. So, it's going to be, I'm going to talk for a couple minutes, and then when it lands, You'll be able to answer however you want. We'll start to, like, go through it. Um, And it all starts off with my girlfriend. And uh, one time she's sitting there and she's washing the dishes. And she's got her phone out. And she's playing this Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. (laughs) And and she's vibing. She's dancing. She's doing her little dishes washing. And I look at her. And I have this thought. And I'm like, when the fuck did this song become chores music? Right? Like, because for me at least, right? You could run this shit back 10, 11 years. I'm in the clubs. Everybody's super drunk. We're dancing in circles. This is like the highlight of the night song. This is like the DJ's note. You play this, it's going down song. Then 10, 11 years goes by. I've been doing this for about a year. So now it's 11 years goes by. And uh, <laughs> she's like, you know, we're listening to it. She's doing the chores. And I'm like, say a word. The song's changed. Like, the song hasn't changed, right? Because songs mm-hmm. don't change. There's songs. Yep. But. Our lives evolved in such a way where all of a sudden it's like this song went from being this crazy party vibe to a song we put on when we're doing really boring shit like working out or work or whatever <laughs> to go back to that party vibe inside of our minds. And that's just kind of what happens. So it's like wild to me. Like people your age have no idea that when you bump in whatever you bump in, this is your future mm-hmm. dishes washing music, bro. That's what it is for life. And what you My don't dish- know <laughs> is when we find out what you're listening to. It becomes our dishes washing music because yeah. yo, that's just kind of what happens. The the fun shit turns into that stuff over time as we all get older and as life rolls on. Music has these 
this place and it evolves over time and it got me thinking about how as musicians we're all like evolving too like we don't stay in the same place we get older things change and it got me thinking about the stories that we hear from people and how they all seem to start at the same place this this adolescent phase when you start forming your identity it'll be like i started right. listening to rap at this point or i started doing this mixing at this point or i got my first table at this point but really right. music's one of these ethereal things that's always around us like you could run that back like i'm like to like being born and the very first mm -hmm. thing that yeah. probably happens is there's some sound playing in the room you're in you don't know about it but it's being absorbed by you like i can remember being four or five years old energy man we all up inside the place in montreal in the little apartment my dad's got all those gray boxes the preamp the amp the radio the this the that right and they're all strung together with the fucking wires and they're going out to all these speakers and shit it would take them like 20 minutes to set this up and we bumping his like led zeppelin tapes and things like that throughout the daytime and at night it would be like club music straight from montreal coming live up the clubs and whatnot and it created these vibes my mom she liked discos and musicals and love songs and a whole different things but all of this was mm -hmm. kind of what i was stuck listening to i had no control over the music or the sounds it was what was being played and i was just absorbing it and then one day i break free and i got my own taste but nobody ever yeah. talks about that really young part so i was hoping right. you could bring us back to the Hell youngest yeah, never had you can remember being and tell us a little bit about what it sounded like to be you and keep in mind that a lot of us be mad old by comparison to you like i'm yeah. 13 I mean, years older than you so <laughs> yeah your growing I mean, up experience good, man, you know? is wildly different than mine and i would right. love to hear more about just how it is to be growing up in a youtube era hell yeah well i would say you know i would say you know i was born in 2000 so I didn't really start because I don't ever since, you know, I can't really, you know, since I have my, my visual impairment, I can't see. So, you know, I wasn't really on the Internet super, super early. I really started getting on the Internet in 2010. So YouTube became a thing for me in like 2010, 2011, where it was just like, holy shit, there's this entire fucking like uh, fucking uh, melting pot of random shit I could watch on the Internet. What the fuck? Fuck TV. This is the new shit. You know what I mean? Say a word. But yeah, so but like re regarding like the music stuff, I guess I would say I was fortunate because I got to give it to you know, my uncle. He, you know, he was, he was, in, he was a teenager when I was real young. So, you know, he would always, he would be in his room on a computer on a, you know, good old AOL instant messenger. Um, <laughs> and he would be listening to everything that was hot back then. So it was like G unit, um, dip set. Uh, M, Wayne, probably a lot of other shit I just can't remember right now. But there was a while where, and, and aside from that, like my mother was kind of like, she was always into, she likes contemporary music. It doesn't really matter what it is. Like it's, it's, when I was younger, I didn't really care. But now when I'm in the car with her, I have to like put on my own shit because I just cannot listen to that fucking top 40 shit. I just can't. It's just <laughs> the same old bullshit over and over. But, you know, it's funny um, because I was like that at 21 and in my 30s, I'm like, give me that top 40 shit. I want to hear it over and over <laughs> oh, again. Nah. If I become now. If I become that way, then, I, then everything that I, shit, I made. No, I, I definitely <laughs> believe that my 21 year old self would want to punch me in the face sometimes. I mean, you know what, though? And let me let me just say that. Let me just let me just say this. Like, it has its place. You know, club music is club music. You know, yeah, I really understand it, sometimes. so I'm not against it. It's just like, 
And I mean, I like, you, there's though. better club music than just the random shit on the charts. Like, there, like, it's you know, but you know, it has its place. It I'd argue place. that even in defense of what you're saying, I don't really go to the charts, so to speak. So, top forty in its literal sense of what's on the charts might be a lot more paola influence than it used to be. Whereas, top yeah. forty as a principle for general pop music is more what I feel I fucks with, not necessarily literally what's charting. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. I mean, some of that shit can be, like, some of that shit can be, you know, in the right atmosphere, pretty, uh, pretty dope. But I just, like, I just don't like the happy-dappy stuff, I guess, you know? Like, I'm just not, I'm just not into that kind of stuff. But going nah, back to what you. I was saying before about, like, kind of how I got into what I got into hip-hop-wise was, like, there was a while where I really wasn't even really doing music seriously like that. You know, I was a regular... This was like my average, average kid phase where I was just doing what everybody else did. You know, I was I was gaming a lot. You know, Yo, tell I still us game about every gaming now. was in the two thousands as a little one. I was already a teenager by then. Bro, I remember when, I remember being in fourth grade, and we had a newspaper, right, like a class newspaper, and this kid wrote a column on Modern Warfare Two, which was brand fucking new at that time. I, I remember reading that, and it's crazy. That was like. It's crazy to think that was 12 years ago. That's that's kind of scary. That was back when yeah. you could put in the game disc and it fucking worked. That's but, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to download like 80 gigabyte day one patches just so the game doesn't run completely shit. It's still not perfect. But yeah, that's I was amazing. I was um I was in the jazz like I I played the uh like drums and the keys and stuff in the jazz band and then I kind of for some random reason, you know, 11 11, 12, I kind of really started to, you know, I realized a lot of things about, you know, uh, I guess that was, I guess I could say I kind of lost, started to lose my innocence and in a lot of the whole, you know, like life ain't all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows thing. I started losing my hearing and whatnot. And I kind of started to strike out on my own, like trying to find my own identity. Yeah. I trying to find my own identity. And part of that was kind of like you know, okay, I'm going to really try this music thing. And, you know, I kind of like self-taught myself, like a lot of the, you know, hip hop history and culturally. And I started develop developing my own taste for the kind of stuff that I like to do, which is, you know, real gritty underground. You know, well, and this is at like 12 years old and, and shit. Yeah. When yeah. you're like discovering YouTube's this wild plethora of history and knowledge back in the, the days yeah. before copyright Armageddon. Kind of just going away from the whole, like, I really am, like, I really just believe in, like, you know, not conforming. And that was the age where I really started to, like, go away from that, like, go away from conforming. Because before then, I was, like, you know, I was what you would, what many people would call, like, average suburbanite, you know, kid, you know, just going with whatever was, you know, said, you know. And then at that age, I kind of really started to, you know, and I think part of it also came with, yeah, I come to think to of it, you were one of the first guys I talked to that actually grew up and is just like, yeah, I had a suburban upbringing. It was pretty. I like mean, it's that. it's it's part of my. I I I embrace it personally because you know I'm not trying to. I I. Someone, especially in hip hop, people really gotta like respect this culture. Like I think I feel like a lot of people where I come from, they they like the music, but they don't really respect the culture or understand where it comes from. You know, and I really feel like if I'm going to do this for real, then I would be doing a disservice.
by just coming in and just be like, yeah, man, I do, I do rap, man. Like, like I don't want to, you know, be that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I kind of know what you mean. But, you know. And then, you know, I started making beats and um, I used to make beats on Audacity. Have you ever used Audacity? I've definitely used Audacity. At a certain point in time, you realize there's this free recording program that doesn't cost money. <laughs> I think that's what everybody, I think everybody at some point started with Audacity, but like I was using it to make beats. I made a whole album and on Audacity. How old are you when you, when you do this? Like, are you like still like 12, 13? Like 12, 13. I started with uh, GarageBand on the iPad, which back then you couldn't do shit with. I had it so. midied up to my iPad with a, um, right, my Yamaha. I want to talk about that a little bit more before yeah, we move on past that. Just want to shout out Ismail. He uses Audacity uh, and I fucking love his use of it. He removes what he hates in a song. So let's say there's a song that comes out and he fucking hates a verse. He'll use Audacity to just edit out the rapper he don't like and now make the song the version he wants. I mean, with Audacity, I remember the first thing I did on Audacity. Um, I kind of had, even back then, I had like a rudimentary grasp of how to like, to structure things. Right. Like song structure. But... You know, because cause I was cause I was always doing music, like whether like even when I wasn't really serious about the hip hop thing, I was always listening to music, doing music, paying attention, like, you know, jazz. I was in a jazz band, like I was saying, and I always had like a, a grasp of how to like structure things. The mixing, though, was where I had to like really improve. But, you know, I would do goofy shit. Like, I, I think I still have the first thing I mixed for did. I did a mix for it, and I did like these weird like stutter edits in the beginning of the of the dude's verse and uh so the like vocals are like mad loud and bassy in. and shit. So like just adding little cuts, so it would like copy paste like sit, 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 or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was like I, 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 I am a killer, killing beats. It was like it was like that. Mm. I would like take the little take the take the beginning part, and then just place it on the um by ear, just place it on the parts of the beat. I don't know why I did that because I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> That's the thing is like when you start. I've noticed that I write, okay, I don't write music the same no more. Like, I don't, when I was younger and I started, I did things like I didn't care. I just did things. Yeah. Now I'm like, nah, I got a style. Yeah, you know what's, and, you know what's, you know what's fucked up about that is that you get to like, and I think it's, it's aggravated if you have like ADHD and shit like that. Like, I really wish I started, and I'm going to, slightly jump ahead i really wish i started on the turntables younger because i used to just get completely engrossed in shit when i was young just like just dive into it for hours and hours and hours now it's just like okay i have all this other shit to worry about i gotta you know i have obligations i have to do these tracks for these guys i have to mix the record so it drops we ground zero drop december 10th that i produced but yeah like i don't really have it just free it's it's hard to kind of go back to that like i think yep. that's what i think that's a problem a lot of people that go into adulthood have where they just don't they don't have the innocence to just try new shit or just fuck around and see what comes like they're they, they's like okay everything has to be struck i think that speaks to like a lot of how society kind of grooms you and how it kind of expects you to behave when you reach a certain point in your life I think it's just paying rent and feeding yourself. I'm not even yeah. going to lie. All of a sudden, you're responsible for those two things that are kind of huge and cost a fuck ton of money. And then 
all of a sudden your parent i mean not everyone but most people's parents inevitably are like yo you an adult now time for you to yeah. adult and so i mean the fact is if you're able to be in a position to like make bank off your craft that's crazy cool and it is unfortunate that that does tap into like the passion of it like when i started doing album reviews five years ago it was innocent as fuck and then i learned and and even with interviews it's like i started it was innocent as fuck and then you learn and as you learn you can't help but pay attention to things like what works and what doesn't work yeah, within exactly. yourself because we all scientists in that way so it like and then is you you, you want to get to a point almost where you can go back to that childhood innocence by alleviating the need to grind for responsibility. I feel like that's what ends up happening. Like you inherit right, all this exactly. responsibility and then you spend X amount of time chasing this like, I want to go back to being a kid again. So how can I go ahead and fucking yeah. make that cheddar so I can go back to experimenting for eight hours? Like I, I thought about it. Like if I could spend eight hours working on a single course because i could justify that time just the chorus of one song i could never do that now i would never finish anything if i ever put that level of effort into something like that yeah i mean i'm, I'm the same like and this actually reminds me of something that was fairly recent was like i was working on a mix for a song called um monster funk and uh i don't know if you heard that record it's uh i produced it and it has mr walk and uh aeons one is on it and um I think you have the instrumental to that up, maybe. Uh, it's all up. If you pull it, I think uh, if I you heard on, the um... instrumental, and then I said, "Well, I just heard the instrumental, so I skipped the one because I was more interested in that part." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's what I was. That's actually what I was gonna elaborate on because the instrumental, like, I worked really hard to get those drums to pop. Like, I'm a big like I, I care about sonics, and making shit sound good. Like as a producer, like I'm not just the guy that just structures it out and be like yo mix my shit bro like i actually don't like letting other people handle my shit so i love it when other people mix me because i am not an engineer i do not yeah. enjoy that i mean process. yeah I, I get it too because you know not everybody has like it's just for me i have such a specific sonic um whatever the word is that like you know, I have I have to do it. So now, as now as a um, as a as a consequence, um, good or bad, I'm mixing other people's stuff, and they they all love my shit. Cause I just don't like the you know like the squashed, you know mixes and like the mastering and stuff like that, where it's just like you brick wall the shit out of it. Actually, That's yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but so that, that might be worth elaborating a bit for other people on uh, right, how that so works. Essentially, what happens is, so if, uh, um, ooh, um, in uh, relatively simple, uh, simplifi simplifying terms, and y'all could Google this um, too, but there's something called uh, the loudness war. So basically, it's been going on for a while in different forms, like back when, you know, vinyl was the main format, the loudness war also existed, but... It really started to accelerate when um, digital formats became the norm. And basically what it means is, it means mastering a record as loud as possible because the idea is if the record is louder, then, you know, it'll have more of an impact. But the problem is, you know, when you run, you know, your mix downs through these, these limiters and these brick wall limiters and you, you multi-band the compress the shit out of everything and you fuck up the transients, 
it sounds harsh and it sounds like it's just being squashed and I, you know i so was never a fan of those kinds of mixes so that's basically what they saying is like when you do your mixes right and you look at vocal tracks back in the day times they used to play more with dynamics and shit like you can yeah. see it a lot with drums i know how to explain it best with drums a little bit so yeah, like drums used to be especially like the hit. drums the drums used to be like yo a drummer's recording it right and so it would be like top and it would be like two decibels let's say the next top is four decibels the next top is three and it would be like dynamic sounding because that's what a real right. drum set sound like so what engineers did to enhance it is they would take every low sounding kick let's say that wasn't at the same decibel level copy one of the louder kicks paste it in so now right. it's more loud and level and then it takes all the peaks right and it cuts them off so you can boost the overall track a little bit more i know i sometimes like i'll, I'll have a syllable that spikes so i have to like lower that so i can kind of increase the overall verse volume because it's too much of a spike i'm right. like so that's kind of what they do and what they push it is to the fucking maximum because I believe what ends up happening is when you hear two songs back to back, the latter one sounds better to the average listener. Yeah. To like an average person, they would prefer the louder one. But just, yeah, it also consequent and you can overdo it. Like you definitely, you know, nailed it with regards to like, especially with real instruments. Like, you know, you do need to have like some, some gain control and some, uh, you know, some signal like limiting compression or whatever but the problem is people just there's overdoing it with you can overdo it with anything like you could overdo it with reverbs echoes delays distortions um whatever it is it's just it's made and then honestly it's mainly at the mastering stage where you start to see it because like i've heard like some mix downs of records that are that were mastered and it's just like holy shit they pushed the fuck out of this yeah i'm and not even gonna lie I don't think I could hear half the shit you would hear when you're doing it. I just like, cause I know it. Cause when they say brick wall, cause you, if you export your file, right, you right. see the wave when it's mastered, like a la max, like I think corn does this shit a lot. It's like literally a line of black. Whereas yeah, yep. if you render some shit, if, yo, shout out Ghostface Miller for the fucking gifted sub. Um, boom, 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 boom. Uh, and then like, yo, so it ends up being like when, when I export shit, it's like, it's like a fucking zigzag of like spikes and shit. Right. That's I don't dynamic. Fucking... That shows the dynamics. Yeah. I don't know how to do the brick wall shit. I would never bother to learn it. Cause it sounds like I'd lose a year of my life trying to figure out how to do it badly. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. But like, I just kind of get it. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure some people like the sound of that brick wall shit, but it's kind of why people, I think, like older music on an aesthetic level because nobody knew how to do that shit. So everything yeah. sounded more like a live environment, closer to a live environment. Whereas I look at it like the brick walling is like this pursuit of perfection almost where it's like right. the second a flaw happens, oh, fuck that. Let's like patch it up. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's like it's kind of representative of like the whole aspect of digital and and I'm not anti-digital, mind you, but digital is, for better or worse, the same, you know, perform, you know, it, it performs exactly the same. It's, and it can be very flat sometimes. And the problem is that, you know, back when people were doing analog, there was a lot more emphasis on, you know, the mids and the lower end, whereas digital, especially when you brick wall shit, and it works for, I think it does work for certain music, like, like a lot of that, um, 
super glossy um, uh, EDM pop. Or you know, let's go back to the Black Eyed Peas for the Black yeah, Eyed Peas. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, no, it works great for that. But you know, for this kind of stuff, and even like from a hip hop standpoint, like I list, I, I grew up listening to the work of you know engineers like you know Eddie Sancho, uh, Bob Power, Chris Conway, uh, a lot of guys. Duro. Um, Nobody's name dropped their like engineers that inspired them on my show before. Yeah, well, if you listen to a lot of um, if you listen to NFCOC with Aeon's one, that's pretty much me shamelessly like trying to, because the thing with like, especially Eddie Sancho's mixes, and he did a lot of DJ premieres, like pretty much a huge bulk of DJ premieres catalog, was that. The vocals were always crisp. Like, everything was just, like, perfectly balanced. It wasn't, like, too much of, of this. It was, like, I don't know. It was just something about his mixes that kind of really caught my ear. And then I started to take, you know, I may, you know, have other, you know, points of inspiration from other producers where they may have, like, a rippier kick drum and kind of just cobbling different pieces of sonic inspiration together to, like, create my specific you know kind of a mix but there are aspects of like that uh, specific song nfcoc where it's just like yeah this sounds like so and so mixed this vocal track you know but yeah the engineers man i feel like in a lot of cases because especially bob power where he helped kind of mold the the the, he helped tribe find their sound you know low-end theory onward you know, he was super important in that. Just getting the drums. He kind of set the standard to, like, how drums, like, hip-hop drums pop. Because, like, before then, it was really just, like, sampling, sampling drum machine, uh, sampling drum sounds from breaks and stuff was still pretty novel by the time it was, like, 89, 90. And people were, you know, okay, how do we add, like, some extra pop to this snare? And he would take, like, a cowbell or some shit, like, the attack of a cowbell and layer it under the snare. Like, if you listen to uh, Excursions, um, listen to that fucking, um, if you play the original break that that song samples, and you listen to the snare on that original break compared to the song, it pops so much more. Because they were doing shit, like, layering, like, the attack of a cowbell under the fucking snare. So it just, like, so it's like, like, it would snap, like, snappy-ass snares. And it, and it kind of up the ante. Cowbell use in such a cool way before. Yeah, I mean it's all about like when you kind of look at things like as pieces of sound rather than whole entire sounds. And you, oh, I can use the attack of this sound, which is like a really tiny, like the Yo, tiny, just the tiniest bit. Explain yeah, yeah, what yeah. the attack is. I, I know what that is, sort of. The attack, the attack is like the very start of the sound. So like the hard. Like the smack of like um, like the snare. So if you have a snare, right, and it's basically just the first hit of the snare. So what you would do is you would take a sound. Like if you wanted to layer something with a snare, you would take a sound that's kind of in the frequency range that would layer good with that snare. And maybe you'd have to pitch it up or down a little bit, but you would trim it so you just get the part that you want and then you layer it under the snare and then you, t- you just level the level the volume so it sounds like it's all one sound. It's pretty much just sonic trickery. That's wild. I, know, I mean, 
like as you're describing it, it sounds like end of the day, engineers create sounds more than a lot of other people do. Yeah, I mean, they. I feel like in a lot of cases, especially back in those days where people didn't have everything figured out yet, the engineers helped the producers fi find their sound. Like I, th I think Dilla was one of the first. Not maybe not one of the first, but um, he was one of those producers that kind of knew where everything was. Like if you listen to his demo tapes, like his beat tapes, right? His drums were slapping right out the gate. Right. You know, I mean, he he, I think he um. He learned from somebody, I forgot who, but he learned how to kind of have those smacky drums. He had like a whole studio in his basement too, like where he would just do his stuff. But like, it's kind of rare that you see producers that really understand like the whole, okay, I'm, I'm doing more than just making a beat. I have to make something that like, especially in hip hop, like the bang factor is important in hip hop because, you know, a lot of that stuff you're, you're listening to it in a car. You want to hear it like bang out the car and. You know, just have the right amount of, like, impact. I'd argue that just by making beats, you're not a pr producer. Yeah, I mean, well, the producer is the one that structures out the song. So, like, and that could be as simple you're as... You're not even like, an engineer drops. if you make beats inherently. Because they're all, like, different labels, right? Like, the guy who composes yeah. the beat is the composer, end of the day. He's, he's like, effectively, like, uh, a, a Mozart. You know, they right. compose the shit. And then maybe, like, the producer's more like the dude in front with the fucking stick. I forgot his name. Or, you know, that that guy at the orchestra. Like, that's what the producer be. And then the engineers yeah. be, Jones. like, sound techs and shit in the middle. Conductor, that's the word. And then, Conductor, like, yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, engineers is, like, the ones who make the shit happen in a lot of senses. So, like, like you can't... I think a lot of beat makers learn production elements like how to engineer their sounds on some necessity shit but like i don't think they're the same things at all because like i know engineers who can't compose but they know how to make sounds and i know beat makers that can't engineer yeah. for shit and like i know people who can't like make songs but they can do those other things and then i know people who can't fucking use a computer they can't do anything but they can point and say nah do it like that and it always is the right choice. And, like, these are all just different roles in it. Where I think a lot of people get the languages confused. I feel like everyone has their own, like, kind of recipe to how they reach the end product. Like, some people, like, they may know how to, like, EQ a break or layer drums, like, make drum sounds. But they don't really consider themselves engineers. Because either way, like, even if you <clears throat> are specific about Sonics like I am, like, you could definitely pass your shit off to an engineer that you know and trust to enhance what you already have down on, t on the table. Yeah. I definitely think that's um, that's the case. I mean, I know, like, I like my engineer because he, like, works with rock a lot and instruments, so he understands, like, the flow of different layers beyond just, like, making beats, and he can, like, work with live instruments and shit, so I fucks with him as an engineer. Then there's the part that he composes beats and shit, which I think is also really cool because he's a drummer and shit. But they're like separate things to me. Like yeah. he might do both of them, but he wears multiple hats like that. I think but, that's a uh, good thing, though, because <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get stuck in that like zombie tweaker mode where I'm just like twisted knobs like for two hours straight. Like and I didn't even finish the fucking beat yet. <laughs> you know, I'm just like I, I kind of like. I kind of really. um. And maybe it's because I still have yet to go through and, like, 
take a bunch of sounds and make a kit. Like I make kits on the spot. Like I don't really, you know, have preset drums. I think that's a, I think that's a lot of why um, I spend a lot of time just tweaking it while I'm making the beat. But you know, I think that's not entirely a bad thing that you don't really necessarily uh, engineer while you're creating a beat because that that gives you more space to be creative and you know you'll you'll that shit will eventually get handled you know when you have to mix the record so you know yeah i get it yeah i mean i don't know i like to understand how it all works i think it's valuable to know what a reverb is versus a delay <laughs> like knowing yeah. the difference between people those call two them the is... same things too it's kind of funny because they're similar that's why i pick yeah like, i mean it's it's like, like when you hear it like inherently you could mix these two effects up right yeah, because I mean, it, it's it's. I think delay and reverb, like singular singularly, could be considered like an echo, but like a delay is like a slapback echo, whereas reverb is like a big spacious like room kind of echo, and you know I think when you want to refer to them individually, delay and reverb makes a lot of sense because it's more accurate to what you know they actually like it, in terms of acoustics what they mean. Yeah, plus they're different plugins that the engineer gonna use, so yeah. it's good to know the difference between the name. I mean, I learned that the hard way though. Like, I spent years just not giving a fuck, and then I'm like, hmm, this isn't helping me make better music to not understand what's going on. But then I tried to fiddle with the knobs, bro, and I'm like, like Ghostface Miller said, refining a kick drum for four hours. I have spent <laughs> hours trying to DS some shit. Learning about DSers is one yes. of the literal most painful processes I ever went through because you're just listening to your sharpest S sound, and it's my vocals, right? My sharpest S sounds in the fucking world in my ear for like an hour and a half, and then I failed. I feel like I never really learned how to DS properly. I just kind of picked one that sounded less shitty than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, the compressors were tricky for me for a while, and to be honest, they're still tricky because it's just... A bunch, of, and I think it's the amount of, like, an equalizer is easier than a compressor because what you're dealing with is individual frequency bands, right? Compressors yeah. are like, you have, like, the attack, the ratio, the threshold, the knee, the, the, the pre-compression, the uh, fucking, what, all kinds of shit. And it's just like, god damn, what the hell is, like, what am I supposed to do with this? And it's kind of hard at first. I preset knob, and I pick a preset, and I go, that one Modify doesn't the sound preset. Like I don't, yeah. I don't modify the preset. I just use the preset because it sounds better than no preset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll I'll do that. Like, I'll take a preset, and then what I'll do is I'll just tweak the preset until it's what I want. Because sometimes the issue isn't necessarily the the issue is just a um initially finding the uh the kind of like the foundation of what sound I'm looking for out of something, and a preset can help with that. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of what I need, but this is, but let's back off the threshold a little bit. It's kind of squishing it too hard, and then maybe raise the attack a little bit or lower the release a little bit. Okay, there we go, you know, stuff like that. I'm gonna tell you, I've never in my life talked about to myself about the threshold and the attack delay. And no, it never was a conversation. I said that don't sound as good as that's the best I can do, and then I move on because I'm right. not really an engineer. But I do think it's fascinating, right? So, like, when I listen to you talk, right, you're plugging my brain with shit to Google and jargon because that's often the biggest issue I find with learning on the Internet these days is everybody speaks jargon for SEO purposes. 
So ain't nobody learning shit outside what they know, which is weird right. because you'd think we can just easily Google shit we don't know, but you don't know the search terms. So how the fuck do you Google it? Right. So like I then think, you watch I think 10 minute tutorial really videos need... that say the basics over and over. Yeah, again. exactly. And I think for those, I remember watching, Um, are you familiar with a guy named Joker? No. The rapper? Okay. Well, uh, well, there's a guy in Montreal I know with that name, but there's probably a lot of Jokers. I don't. Yeah, there may be. It's J O K E R R, but he did Actually, a, a bunch of. Okay, guy, yeah, yeah. That guy's from fucking Montreal. I might know who he is then. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm oh no, I'm the getting, famous rapper the same Joker. Dude. I take it back. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. The dude who like dissed Hobson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I yep, remember it now. There's just again a lot of people with that name, unfortunately. But yeah, dude, dissed Hobson. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So. He did a bunch of videos a while back. They're really entertaining too, but they're actually informative. Where he breaks it down, like I, I can't teach because I don't know how to fucking break shit down into to layman's terms, to to make it easy for people to understand. Like, oh, well, think about it this way. Like, I can't do that. So, he actually did a few videos: um, EQ, uh, compression, uh, and mastering. I believe there's a bunch of them, and they're all really good videos. So, if anyone wants to like learn about that shit. And not be completely fucking confused. Definitely look at those. Those are great videos. Fantastic videos. I remember watching those when I was like real young. And I had no idea what the fuck any of that shit was. Man. Yeah, explaining complex things with simple words is definitely uh, art. But it's also a lot more of a science. Um, yeah. Believe it or not. Because it's just like... I used to do corporate trainings where I had to explain a bunch of how to use computer shit to a bunch of people in like 2011 and 12, where it might sound weird. But back then, if people were like not computer people, they were like super resistant to like everything computers. So to have a bunch of people having to That's work in a call center too. job and they're like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to know about how to delete files on a Windows. You know, like it's, it's we're talking basic shits, right? I have to explain to my antivirus is working crap. So what you do yeah, is yeah. you just refine it every time. Like you, you run you run the story and then it either works or it doesn't. And you can look on people's faces and see if they're following you or not. And then the next time you tweak it, kind of like making beats and shit. And then via the feedback of... Because yo, when it comes to explaining things, it's less about art. Because art is going to get in the way. And it's right. more about getting over your ego and remembering that the whole world speaks at an eighth grade uh reading level so like mm -hmm. the first time i did a blog for the public the girl that edited it was like hold on what the fuck nobody's gonna understand this you gotta like stupefy your writing learn how to speak in a way where you're saying complex things but the language you use stays simple so right because you're you're not preaching to the choir you're preaching to the um to a, a normies essentially <laughs> exactly which is kind of like one of one of the things i think holds back a lot of rappers i know is they rap two rappers about rap and it's right. like i think that should have a place like but yeah. like from an economic perspective your clientels are now just your peers because the rest of the world isn't even understanding why you're dope this kind of really this kind of makes me think of one thing specifically like you know i'm a big fan of like turntablist shit so I feel like a lot of times, like, the people that watch turntablism videos, it's just, turntablism is just pure DJ 
show off shit. Like it's just you know, and it's it's dope for that. But I do wonder though, because and maybe it's just because I'm someone who actually does it, like um, who actually does it, and my perspective is limited on that. But I do wonder if people that like you know they don't fucking know shit. They never seen a fucking twelve hundred in their life, and they 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 like that shit. I wonder if that. I'm sure there's some people out there. I mean, it's always been niche. I guess you could. Exp- I guess you could say like underground, certain underground hip hop, like hip hop about hip hop, like you know Jurassic Five and Dilated Peoples, where it's just you know a lot of it is just. Here's what that Jurassic Five music. is. No, I mean I don't hate it, but like, um, I think the issue is like, yo, I could hear the worst DJ and the best DJ back to back. And I couldn't tell you which one was the worst and which was the best. So for me, mm-hmm. I'm a back whoever I think sounds dope with ignorance. So it's right. like if you do a hella tricky layered multis like battle rap does in a song, like chances are most people didn't learn how to break down bars like that. So like right. you're just not gonna get how not... brilliant it is. Yeah, the way I see it is just it's just not for them. And I don't think it's realistic or even like good to say that we should go out of our way to accommodate every single, you know, possible person that may be listening to the record. But like, I definitely, you know, what's that line Jay-Z said? He said, uh, um, truthfully, I wanted to rhyme like common sense, but I saw like 5 million ain't been rhyming like common sense because, you know, he can't like he couldn't That's just a do a bunch line. of you know reasonable doubts his whole career you know what i mean and the thing is when you go back to reasonable doubt you're, you're humbled you're just like oh say a word he really does do that really fucking well like he has quadruples and shit quadruples yeah and like but like let's be real big pimp and sold way better yeah like, i mean it's and it's and it all has its its purposes and and i would actually say that jay is one of those dudes that and it's his birthday today, actually. Um, Happy birthday, Jay-Z. Yeah, I think he's 52, I believe. But yeah, I think he's one of those dudes that, like... Because a lot of these guys, the the issue is that they, they get super successful and they forget about where they come from. They forget about, like, the pure essence, the cultural roots that they come from. Where Jay never, you know, really did that. Because seven years later, he did a record with Ninth Wonder on the Black Album, Threats. And Ninth Wonder was, like, a burgeoning producer at that time. You know, he did Little Brother, and that record, you know, Jay was, he would do, like, the commercial joints, but then he would do, like, the hard body fucking gutter shit. Like, I, that's why, like, especially as like, I got older and kind of realized that they can, both those things can coexist, and not everything commercial is just pure shit. I really started, I really respect him for that, because, you know, a lot of people, they get, they go commercial and they forget about you know where they, they, you know that whole, you know I got mine so fuck you kind of mindset. I definitely think that uh, that's that's of... kind of why I'm not the biggest fan of super commercial music. I would argue the machine is wildly not cool, and Jay Z is a very good businessman, and people don't pay attention to that side as much. But it's really good business to not forget where you come from. Believe it or not, it's oh, just yeah, absolutely. really good branding, like. If I say Montreal a lot, I'm going to do better than if I don't say Montreal. If I put on for my city, I'm going to do better than if I don't. Like, these are just facts of, like, yeah, good because, business. 
because it's because business isn't just about the person making the dollars. It's about the people like your your whatever your business is, people have to have a reason to support you. And Facts. if they see that you care about them, like or you care about their circumstances or you you go back to you know, you find these these producers that you know um may not be well known and you help you help you help put them on like i it wasn't their first hit but uh what's that shit called uh i just want to love you give it to me that was a big 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 hit for the neptunes and that kind of like started their huge takeover of pop radio for like the next four years that's true you know kind of yeah. like yeah going back to like people people feel obligated to like at least i do you know, I feel like, damn, this, this person really is, like, legit. I want to support this person. And he, and you know, he dropped, you know, I remember when 444 came out, and I remember, like, it was so, like, even, I remember when Magna Carta came out, and it was, you know, 444 was such opposite compared to that album. It was so introspective. It was so, you know, like, you know, story of OJ, uh, the title track and stuff like that. It was so much more focused on, like, family generational wealth you know introspection you know coming to terms with your mistakes and shit like that and for someone at his level to put to make a record like that like you gotta respect that i feel like anyone who doesn't respect that is fucking crazy i also think it's like okay just like like it's what you're supposed to do at that age it was really like at first when yeah. i heard it i didn't understand the album my album review is trash on that one it has one of my worst like to dislike ratios people did not like my white ass wow. not understanding wow because <laughs> that's what happened there wow. um but as time went on i started thinking about the content of it and i realized like i kind of think that's what i want the old guys to rap about more and i don't mean it like that but he's rapping about old man shit and in, the, like, the best possible way, it was well done. The crazy thing about the beats on that album is the way they produced it is no four bars of the beat uh, loop. Every four bars of every beat is No unique. ID, man. Great every producer. Every fucking beat. Legendary. It's producer. wild. I didn't know that when I did the review. That was what the comments told me. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, um, I mean, and then the thing about that album, it was very... You know, it wasn't glossy, polished up. It was raw, you know, and that was the purpose of it. So, like... And it was very, very sample driven. And, you know, I feel like some people, you know, coming from his previous shit and they listen to that album and they're kind of thrown for a loop, you know, because yeah. the first song is Kill Jay-Z. And it's just like, oh, what the hell? You know, because yes. Kill Jay-Z is kind of like saying, OK, this record, the ego, you know, Jay-Z, the, the whole ego, you know, I'm a businessman is, is gone. And then you go in the story of OJ, like it's serious. And then, like, he's not even you know in I mean? music videos for the project. It's all, like, using them, like, properly. Like, he really <clears throat> he slapped it up the park, I think. And it kind of made me look at yeah. like, Eminem's petulant whining on his projects at the same time. Because they're, like, the same age, right? And you're like, hold up. Why is this guy worth a lot of a money? Couple years, uh, a couple years apart. I'm going to say basically the yeah, same age. For, I mean, like, you know, like, yeah. late they 40s. Well be. Like, Eminem was 72, you know, J69 definitely wouldn't say they're my age yeah. bracket so like i suppose like for me and this is just what holden wants i know the whole world doesn't agree with me but like i've always looked to music as a source of inspiration like they've always just been older people talking about shit you know and so when you listen to the older people talking yeah. about shit i kind of want to hear older people talking about older people's shit so i fully like 
whether it's opulent, I want to know what 50-year-old balling is. Like, 50-year-old balling shouldn't look like 30-year-old balling. <laughs> you know, like, there should be I differences think, though, in this I think shit, the I reason think. why a lot of... I think the reason why a lot of us younger people kind of, like, are so... Like, nah, fuck that. Like, you know, regardless of, like, older people talking about shit is because a lot of us may grow up being bullshitted by the older people that kind of, you know, they're they're kind of, like, in enthralled in a lifestyle that's very conformist, very, you know, very affirmation-based. And I think that's why a lot of us, like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to hear that bullshit, you know, because we, we've heard all that shit all our life and we don't really give it a chance to... That's how I used to be. I know that for a fact. I didn't want to hear shit the older people had to say. Because mm. I was given... I was, you know... Not, like, to the extreme level, but I was definitely... I definitely know what it's like to just be, you know, fed the bullshit. You know? Yeah. I but totally it's part of growing up. From. I feel like a lot of us go through that phase. I can imagine your generation has a lot more proof, though. That's, that's a huge difference. Is you can just be like, bro, I can Google this shit and show it to you in a way that I could not. Right. I think the problem is, like, a lot of older people don't, you know, they feel like they're better than the younger people. And I think that's what turns a lot of younger people off. That's why they're, like, so, like, a lot of, like, especially with this whole, like, okay, boomer shit. Like, that's the fucking epitome of that, you know. It's just, ever. I loved it. I enjoyed the okay boomer yeah. thing. I also enjoyed the one I was where so they happy. made fun of millennials. I accept that we're a bunch of Harry Potter people. Like, I really, when that came out and y'all were like, what the fuck's a Harry Potter? And I'm like, hold up. It really is just like millennials are obsessed with Harry Potter and that's it. That was big for me. <laughs> it's like but, that's uh, all they have. is just a trivial fucking arbitrary yeah, shit that they we, think they could just take pot shots at. They have like, more of that. But, yo, millennials are a weird group. I really respect the young ones. Yo, you're... You're not the only person I've talked to in your in fact everybody I've talked to in your age group has been as profoundly insightful as you are when it comes to both music history and um that's a relief. I got to be honest, that's a relief. Because that's a relief. That's a good thing. All get. of y'all grew up with YouTube in high school and plenty of fucking time in. What do you like you everybody what, goes down the rabbit holes. Like yo, all of like the I have this 22 year old guy in scotland i've been talking to for a couple of years because of my channel and shit and he just looks mm -hmm. for shit with a thousand views and then he'll send me this 1992 jam that he just discovered that he thinks i would know and he just wants to show it it's like it's wildly interesting to watch how young people treat youtube like everything in yeah. all history is new music to them and i feel you know like what, old people rely on like literally the new music in the convention of like when shit gets released and not actually considering yeah. that old music is new music if you've never heard it before i mean they they grew up in the era where things were not like as easy to discover like i and you know what you you telling me that just i was having an argument with some people on reddit as productive <laughs> as that isn't and uh just, every time a story starts with that it's going to get good yeah 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 but i was trying to prove a point uh we were it was about the whole like astro world travis scott situation and um somehow we ended up going into like boomers and shit and i was like man and i'm not optimistic too optimistic about the future i'm not on some turbo hippie <laughs> shit even though i kind of believe in some hippie shit That's amazing. but i just feel like today's generation has access way more access to information to the point where a lot of the arbitrary shit that boomers were corrupt, you know, were 
that boomers believe, the, the older generations believe, it's less easy to corrupt someone's mind because, you know, back in those days, you only had, like, what you were taught in school, TV, the newspaper, all that shit. And it's way more easy to just make a narrative stick. Now it's, it's you know, it's like, you know, and people are, and it's not going to, people are still going to believe in their narratives. We're, we're tribal fucking species. It is what it is. But you know, you know what it is, though? It comes down because your literacy rates be wildly interesting because people don't know what literacy means. Literacy means you can read good enough to do your job. It doesn't mean you have critical thinking skills. So right, exactly. I think a lot of people got some shit twisted about how critical thinking. There's no critical thinking rate, so we don't actually know how good people as a population be at critical thinking, which is the interpretation of the shit that you hear. So right. what I think has changed for young people is there's a fuck ton of people that are really good at critical thinking that are making hella bank explaining old people shit to young people in young people language. Mm -hmm. And y'all are getting yeah. informed on YouTube and Reddit and TikTok and all these alternate sources where the people that really are good at this shit are just spreading the info. Like, y'all don't hoard knowledge the way that old people hoard knowledge. And I respect yeah. the shit out of young people for that. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and but, uh, it's important, man. And I hope, and I hope it does get better before we, you know, obviously something's got to give because, you know, I don't think the whole like generations upon generations of ultra, ultra wealthy capitalist extremist bullshit is going to go away like anytime soon. But I don't, I don't know, man. I just, it starts with us though. It starts with us because we got to be the ones to say no, not the other way around. I saw an ad from Ford right before this interview just to show the power of what young people have done. The ad from Ford started listing all of the various plants they use in their car. Like they were really proud of their coconut fiber threads that make their seats more comfortable. And then they started talking about how prickly peaches and other shit is going to be in their fucking cars. And they're like really proud of this. And now, and this is no fucking lie, you can Google this shit. You can go to FordSmoothie.ca or com or whatever, and you can make mm -hmm. a smoothie out of the fucking shit that is in Ford cars. That's fucking crazy. And you know why that <laughs> happened? Because a bunch of young people have proven that unless you are altruistic as a company, they ain't going to fuck with you. Ben and Jerry's yeah, exactly. does... Ben and Jerry's don't give a fuck about old people. They just care about the future generation that's going to spend 60 years committed to them, which is smart business if you're an ice cream company, to be honest with you. Why are you going to invest in people that are going to die sooner? Um, and that's such the opposite of a lot of old people because, and especially when it comes to, like, climate change, they're like, I don't give a fuck. All I give a fuck about is me being able to have a fucking job. That's all they care about. They don't care about the future. They just care about, you know themselves and being able to satisfy themselves at that particular moment in time and it's 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 why we're so pretty much damn near held hostage by that by that mentality i mean old people rely on old people thinking and in the 2010s yeah. the idea of scaling um got really popular so now basically everything's a software company even if you're not and everything has to grow and scale and go to subscription models because pretty much the whole world is run by a stock market system upon which this, the really rich venture capitalists only want to fund things that they can see crazy growth rates because fucking Uber, because Amazon, because pick your fucking company. Um, yeah. And so 
like when you work in i can't go too deep but like when you look at the trends <coughs> that are super publicly available with so with software companies you see that um stuff like this book blitz scaling um shows that the entire fucking focus is growth and mm-hmm. young people be like why do you need to grow like to that excess but old people like that's their job and so everybody supports this mission and then what's happening in the micro is people cop a house because the american dream is to cop a house right and that house is cool then they get promoted they get more cash flow they have some more offsprings and they cop a second house that house they they have to keep their fucking job now because they can't lose that house and that's the point they're in the trap of financial trap because you know it's that it's always the upgraded house it's never the first house it seems like starter houses people can manage but when they decide to upgrade to that like forever home i think they're called nobody can ever like afford their forever home unless they keep the salary range they in so they always upgrade like to a point where and now you can't go backwards so you have to be complicit to the forever growth because the forever growth pays for the forever home right and i think it's it's just it's excess and affirmation because I feel like a lot of people, they do a lot of things for affirmation in this society, like having a kid, you know, other people make ceremonies out of other people having kids. And, you know, if you're actually friends with somebody and, you know, you, you know, you have a party because they have a kid like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like people that literally have no other identity than, you know, they do this for affirmation or they 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 want to be included in somebody else's accomplishments and i just think that shit is really fucking gross especially like romanticizing other people's children i just think that's that's really weird and just not and 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 it can lead to those kinds of things because you know oh well you know the consensus is that i have to do this and then the problem is they don't teach financial you know they don't teach financial shit in k-12 education so that's why you see a lot of younger people. Yo, I always thought it was weird that people pushed to teach as much financial shit in school. Can I say this? Because, yo, we grew up on welfare. I don't want to be mm-hmm. doing financial shit growing up on welfare. Our financial reality is so fucking different than the average middle-class suburban person where it's like, I don't think everyone really considers how much differences there are in tax codes that, like, you, you, you basically really just should be teaching people to fucking find an accountant they trust because, like shit's not uniform for tax right Right. and so many realities are like nah this is like your parents should be teaching you tax code shit like there is an obligation of education that should not be in the fucking school like yo my parents want to teach me how to do a thing or two with the accountant that's my parents obligation the school should maybe break down the top level of the government structure maybe right because i don't think my parents know that shit but, like, when you get to specifics, yo, like, if you grow up on welfare and half the income is coming from fucking government assistance and then another chunk's coming from under the table work, mm-hmm. you can't teach that in school. You're not right. even talking yeah. about where I grew up from then. Yeah, because, and that shows right there, like, me and you, they're very, you know, I mean, my mother had me very young. We definitely had ups and downs. But, you know, and she made all the sacrifices. You know, me and my mom don't agree on everything. We we don't see the eye on eye to eye on quite a lot actually but you know i give her credit for that but you know i always had you know food on the table roof over my head clothes on my back just to be clear all of that came but sometimes the way it came may have been like right 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 yeah got a check from one place and then worked at that cash only place over there and then 
yo, I'm saying like you're not yeah, teaching yeah, yeah, that in sure. school, and that's like 20% of your population, no problem. And then you have the other end of it, which is trust fund kids, which again mm-hmm. is a whole other side of it that can't like. So I'm saying. In my school, the number of economic classes that could exist in the same, especially in a place like Montreal, where it's 4 million people in the greater Montreal area of like fucking everything you can think of. It's not quite New York, but we definitely top 10 up in this, um, at least for North America. So I hope like, I get to visit there one of these days, man. Yo, it's wildly worth coming to. If you ever come down, let me know. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And like. I'm saying, like, it's like, nah, like, my high school was, like, the cheapest high school that fucking existed as far as you could go to. So it had a lot of poor kids, per se, but also had a lot of rich kids because the geography of how Montreal works is, like, where your school is located in the public system. You have, like, a geographic area that, like, you go to that school. So, you, right. yo, in my, like, one class, you had probably ranging from, like, half a million dollars a year families to, like, yo, welfare. So, like, when mm. I hear that tax code argument, I'm like, y'all were fucking homogenized as shit when you preaching that. Cause that yo, I tax- actually, I think that's a good thing that there was such a range of people with, of you know, from the rich to the poor backgrounds in one place. Because I will say, like, even though I have a lot of people where I'm from, they don't really understand. Like, when you're, when it's homogenized, as you said, you know, where it's just one type of people, they don't really understand other people's circumstances they don't really understand that there are other you know people grow up different from them and then they then they grow up believing in all this weird shit that kind of like shits on you know poor people or minorities or marginalized groups and they, they you know and a lot of that trickles down from their parents and i feel like i don't know if it would prevent it entirely but like when you have people from different walks of life in one group or together it kind of helps to dispel a lot of ignorance that surrounds like you know how people that are comfortable and living prosperously think they can speak on marginalized groups or minority groups. Yeah, man. I could tell you the biggest thing about going to work sometimes uh, that I find problematic. It isn't my job. It's actually like the the lunch table. And when I listen mm-hmm. to people yeah. have these conversations where I'm like, they don't Shit. know they're talking about my parents. Yeah. They just don't know they're talking about my they parents. They don't care. Like, I mean, they feel no. like... The second I call them on anything, which I used to do more in my 20s, and then I realized that's really bad for dollars. Don't be right yeah. at work. Work is not a place to be right if you want to make money. And Pol- yeah. Make money. I mean, so I'm, what I meant by like but... they don't care is they feel like everybody it, – it just speaks to their uniform worldview. But I have to give all the people credit. Nine times out of ten, when you check them on fuckers' privilege, they take it seriously – and they try to evolve and adapt, which is why I don't think it's a waste of time to have some conversations like that. Right. Sometimes people thrive on the argument, and it's really good for debate purposes. But I find most people are actually just nobody explains it. Like, what yeah. is the likelihood that I – because, yo, a lot of people that come from where I come from don't end up corporately speaking where I end up, especially because I dropped out of university. My whole life is lucky like that, all that corporate shit. But it puts me in like this path where I didn't go to school. I didn't follow the standard path. And everything about my family don't look like what most of these people's families look like. So like sometimes shit like moving out at 25 versus moving out at 20 changes like a lot when it comes to credit scores. For sure. Yeah, I mean, especially with the whole like conversations with people and stuff like American politics, like everything is politicized in America and it's horrible and honestly man it's at the point and i hear people say like crazy shit 
and I'm just like, oh, fucking Jesus. I just keep my fucking mouth shut. I just, everything is, you know, like, it's just, it's so exhausting because as I've gotten older, I've, like, I used to be super, super centric. You know, now I kind of lean more and, you know, I'm not centric anymore. And as I get older, you know, I kind of keep going in that direction. And it's just certain shit I used to sit there and, like, kind of go in one ear and out the other in here. It's like, no, no, that that's bullshit. And I just keep my fucking mouth shut because you really can't have conversations anymore because everything is so, like, identity politics, affirmation, you know, fitting in with the fucking convinced group. that's real. I think that's true on the internet in a lot of ways because of what the internet attracts. But in real life, like, nine times out of ten, people be wildly open-minded in a way that is, like, not matching the narrative. Like, doing this interview shit... I'd argue I talked to 140 you're the 142nd person this year I've interviewed just in 2021 and I'm talking multiple places multiple walks of life multiple backgrounds you're definitely the first person from Pennsylvania but all I can say (laughs) is the level of open-mindedness I encounter when I literally talk to people is so insane I don't I mean you know what people are even more patient with me and, like, they can recognize things like when I say words, sometimes, like, there's, like, a tone of voice you can't hear on the internet. Like, people don't know that, like, yeah. I'm cognizant of shit. I'm just clumsy sometimes. And so, like, people just see shit on the internet, and then you're on the internet. So now you're, like, taking right. a poop. You're feeling away. Maybe your your significant other just pissed you off. And, yo, people are hyper-passive-aggressive yeah. online. Yes. In right. a way where... If you look at, like, Twitter stats, and this was the most humbling shit for me in terms of the perspective, 90% of Twitter users lurk. They don't participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like that on Reddit for a really long time. Facebook be like, most people just kind of eat popcorn and watch you. I've had people walk up to me in real life and comment, like, about my Facebook arguments back in the day. So I know people, like, watch Yo, shit. I'm so glad I deleted my Facebook, man. <laughs> so what I did is for two years, I went through memories of the day, and I wiped it. So now my Facebook's still there, but and there was a few things. They're gone. There was a couple of, like, 2011 posts where I'm like, my God, Holden, why did you yeah, I, shit? I kind of... Some the of my issue jokes for were me, trash. The issue for me was, like... I use Facebook as a means to, like, I was pissed off about something and I just fucking unloaded on Facebook. Bro, I would do shit like, quote, Eminem's Kim when I was mad at a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but you life. see, people don't. awful to read that shit later on in life. Like, oh, my God, I did that. Yeah, I mean, and the issue is, like, I feel like when you get older, you kind of understand that when people see, like, your profile, you know, something you may post that may not be you may not see literal someone that's scrolling through it that may not know you they see things and they see things more literal than you do and it's just shit like that that you got to be really careful with because like people really you know it's very very easy to just people take shit whether they people take shit out of context whether they want to troll or they they actually believe you know what you're saying is extremely literal even if it isn't so I had to delete, I deleted my Facebook. And there was some takes I had too that I don't agree with either back when I was on my centric bullshit. And it's just like, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I say something like this? Or why did I just randomly go in on 
fucking entitled women like all women are entitled like no men are entitled to why did i do that like that's that's idiotic don't do that because you were allowed you know, on the internet as part of growing up man you know <laughs> that's gotta be a wild experience to be on facebook when you're like 13 because like when i'm 13 there's no facebook so it just wasn't a concern there was myspace i suppose but like myspace was weird it's a whole other vibe. It wasn't like you're posting fucking opinions like that. I guess it was more like Tumblr. Like MySpace yeah. reminds me more of like what Tumblr was ended up becoming. I know some people had blogs. I think uh, Blackhead had a MySpace blog before he um moved to WordPress. But... Apparently it was the best day ever to be a fucking musician. And if you were making music in the MySpace days, I've never talked to a person in the MySpace days that didn't end up with like hundreds of random fans making music on MySpace. Like the worst musician to the best musician did well on MySpace. Yeah, I mean, I think everything wasn't corporately filtered. Like it wasn't algorithmic, algorithmically filtered back then. It was more like how everything in, I think it was like late 2000s onward, everything started to get real super super hyper corporate and it kind of fucking diluted the waters of what the kind of shit that blows up or gets views i mean you still have your viral you know random shit that goes viral shit for sure meme culture and all that but i just feel like that's way more engineered than you'd think yeah like, things don't right, just right. randomly go viral and everyone like, I mean, is on there it's okay, not just randomly... people that want to be on the internet it's literally everybody and their fucking mother on the internet Right, like sometimes stuff does go viral, but that's like lottery ticket shit. That's how I like yeah. compare it in my mind. I'm like, sure, I could win the lottery, and then I could repeat winning the lottery. In this case, I suppose it's possible, but it's never going to be like... Like to plan virality requires the use of sensationalism is the truth of it. Like I have to inflame you, and if I do that, I can go viral. I could say some wild shit right now. Somebody will clip it, and it'll go viral. It's really fucking easy. Right. There's this fu- I don't know if any of you ever actually signed up for Curiosity Stream or Nebula, but like I signed up for Curiosity Stream at one point and I watched this whole thing on meme factories and how like they have scientists who basically study the reactions of the data and the graphs to optimize memeing. So if you want to make um a Republican freak the fuck out, you got to use eight words or less and it's got to be real simple and it's got to be like you know, targeting this type of thing. But if you want a liberal to freak the Microchips in the vaccine. Basically, yes. But a liberal needs 30 <laughs> words or some shit like that because liberals want to feel more pretentious. So you'll notice your left-leaning people be sharing memes with, like, smaller font and a lot more words. And your right-leaning people be leaning fucking fatter words, you know, fatter text with, like, less words and shit. And if you watch for that, you're going to be like, say fucking word. Because there's this yeah. shit they studied at the base like level of how these different groups identify on that politics shit um mm-hmm. as well and the thing is it's like motherfuckers be wildly quoting stats with no like fucking stats training so it's like what are you quoting you don't understand the difference between a nominal and an ordinal stat yeah. so if you don't really understand stats like who the fuck cares that you I say mean, people like i mean especially with the virus you know people, a lot of the the right there was channels i had to stop watching when this whole pandemic started because like they were just right up the ass like ridiculous like 99 percent survival like they were you know quoting that shit you know they were saying oh it's just the flu it's it's not just the flu like they they twist facts like people don't even really like understand like you said they don't understand facts period like you don't need to die to be in the icu one of the biggest lies ever told was from ben shapiro 
when he says facts Fuck don't ben care Shapiro. about your feeling. Fuck Ben Shapiro. I just want to put that out there. But like the biggest lie ever is facts don't care about your feeling because facts is a democratic agreed upon thing. When you look at the semantics of the word, it requires an agreeance, which means somebody has to take a truth of some kind, sell the story behind it, get a bunch of people to agree upon it. Thus, facts is entirely feelings. It's only the only thing that facts care about is people's feelings, because we all have to agree and feel that this fact is is there because empirical evidence is simply interpretation of shit. Otherwise, right. the discoveries of 100 years ago are hard facts and don't mean shit. Like we constantly I mean, overturn and, science. That's how science be regarding uh, Benny Shabibo. Uh, and the whole facts don't care about your feelings shit. I've actually seen com- I actually watch. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say it. I watch Vosh. Um, I really like Bosch. He's uh he's like a he's a super left YouTuber YouTuber, but he's not like one of these fucking like reactionary YouTubers. Um, he was in some hot water because of how he addressed child child exploitation a few months ago, and some people are trying to like slander him and say that he was all for CP. Um, but yeah, and oh, I think I've seen I saw comments a video. A hit piece on dude that tried to tell me exactly what you're saying is what you're describing. I think I've seen commentary on this person. I love that yeah. YouTube gossip shit. It was trying to say that he was for CP when he was really trying to like, and he's kind of edgy for better or worse. And he was trying to, cause a lot of the conservatives do like, you know, like their whole, all they're, they hate pedophiles. Like they want to call everyone a pedophile, you know, whether they are or not. And it's funny that, you know. Bill Ga- they love Bill Gates, but Bill Gates was a associate of Jeffrey Epstein. But you know, they 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 want to act like they care about child exploitation, but they don't care about child exploitation that gets them the goods that they regularly consume in this consumerist, hyper consumer focused society. So it's just like, okay, do you really give a shit about child exploitation, or are you just picking shit to be on a soapbox about whether it's true or not? You know, I fucking swear I had that conversation, like, earlier. A version of that, like, child exploitation conversation earlier, too, with my girlfriend. I think it's wild how much everybody of all age groups sit there and have the same fucking conversations and then act like, oh, that generation's fucking different. Like, nah, trust. Everybody's sitting there stressing about the same fucking shit. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of of, uh, went off on a tangent a little bit, but what I was going to say about Benny... You don't even Benny know that, that's all this about, show is, is fucking tangents. <laughs> but about Benny Shabibbo, I actually have seen comments on on his thing where people that were like formerly like super right-leaning, they were like, you know, I actually, the problem with me is I took that facts don't care about your feelings shit literally and actually realized that Benny Shabibbo was twisting a lot of shit and he actually wasn't speaking facts. Or he would find like bullshit corrupt studies to kind of disprove legitimate studies. Because, yo, you what I like, realized uh, is people be wildly quoting articles. Now, the one thing I can tell you is um, there's a whole profession called content writing. And you can go Google courses on how to do this shit. It's actually free. I took one on Coursera <laughs> in early 2020. And the thing about these courses is they teach you how to do a couple of things. One is read five articles and replicate your version of it that has slightly more words, slightly better tones, slightly better everything. And then it also tells you how to, but it also tells you how to go find that this article said that and quote it. And then like, I've wildly like produced content that I'm certain has misled people just as like a side hustle thing because like, yo, if somebody says write this page and it's gonna be that much dollars then I'm going to write that page 
because that's a job. So I actually know how fucked up page one of Google is. And I know yeah. how fucked up the information flow is because like, yo, or sometimes people will post these videos and I'm like, say a word, I could write a script and film and edit exactly what you're sharing. And that shit fucks with me a bit because like if I could do it, not hyperbolically, I mean fucking literally, I could write some shit like that then that shit is fucked up to me because too many people can do it. It's not that hard. Anybody in this it, chat could do what these people are sharing. And that's what's yeah. wild to me. But then you get to the peer reviewed study shit and that shit's so jargon filled that like, even with some level of stat knowledge, I'd be sitting there going, what the fuck does this paper even say? I get yeah. the gist of the abstract. And then when you get to the fucking nuances of how the 1,234 people from Pennsylvania reflect everybody in life, you mm -hmm. get mad confused. Okay? Like, it's not simple. Yeah. So, like, how is everybody a fucking expert on shit when I promise none of these people are actually opening up a peer-reviewed thing? Because, yo, I right. read a lot, and I can't read that shit. Yeah, and you know what? And you know what's crazy? Like, people, like... It's amazing the, the kind of shit people believe. Like one of my family members, you know, I was talking about getting my fucking and I can't drive, so I'm kind of held hostage a little bit. Right. I have to get. I still have to get my vaccine to go back to fucking college, and I want to get it. But it's just like one of my family members was like, "Oh, why well, here? Kids are dropping dead because of cardiac arrest." I literally after the vaccine, I wonder why. Uh, and I look it up. I couldn't find one shred of any. I couldn't even find an article that was reporting on like kids nah, dropping dead after the vaccine like where do you get this shit bro it's, supposed it's to be like all about the facts it. right it'll be some video of a person like me be like check it yo i'm gonna tell you something that the media is not going to yeah, tell no you. when you know what when, you know i'm what sitting there i don't and i'm back Hold on, I'm back. I'm like the fucking hospital. I'll be sitting there watching the nurses. This is what they're not. I've seen the files, yo. Check it. This Alex is how Jones many people the they're fucking lying I on these the certificates. They're faking the numbers. I'm telling you, I have personally I have witnessed this. And that's all it is. It's like a person that's really I mean, that was just off the dome. Trust if I wrote a script, motherfuckers, it would be on. But like that's some to me vile shit to make content like that. That's partly why I'm a terrible capitalist, because I don't do some of that shit. I actually have to do more like tastefully versions of that. But basically yeah. like people be wildly convincing when they want to be convincing. And let's say you're skeptical because your community has been lied to by the government for like, I don't know, 400 years. Yeah, you I see like somebody that's, that's that be speaking exactly to you about exactly the shit that you're already skeptical about. And right. yo, or I'll see shit like there'll be like 50,000 medical professionals believe some shit. And so I Googled it. There are something like nine figures of medical professionals in the world or eight figures. Yeah. 50,000 out of eight figures is not a number I give a shit about. 50,000 out of a hundred thousand is a number I'll care about, you know, like, but so I, I worked out that like less than 1% is that 50,000. And I was like, right. yo, what the fuck? That's just like a not understanding of statistics and shit, right? right? And then everybody creates like content and discussion around it. And now everybody's been told that like opinions are equal. That's this weird notion. Like, I don't think all my opinions are equal. I don't even yeah. think y'all should like fully trust half the shit I say half the time. Like, definitely know right. that I go on rants and shit. Mm -hmm. That don't mean I'm right. I'm just passionate. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the thing I had to realize is, you know, especially growing older is that, you know, the thing that most people don't want to do is like I was saying about affirmation and shit like that and ego. Like they don't want to learn shit because 
they believe shit. Their group of friends believe that shit. And that's why they're, you know, kind of like such a tightly knit group. So a lot of people don't really want to learn. Like there was shit I was wrong about, you know, I wasn't, I remember just being where I'm from. I didn't really completely understand racial issues in this country. And then I did, I, you know, I don't claim to know everything, but I know more than I definitely knew back then. And it's just like, okay, I really, you know, kind of understand that it's, you know, I still believe that classism is a huge component of it. The at the end, the end goal is division at the end of the day and people wanting to maintain power. But, you know, it's just back to what I was. My main point is just people got to like people got to have the fortitude to see things from different perspectives. You know, even when you, that doesn't mean you have to agree with somebody like I understand the skepticism. I, I'm not saying people people shouldn't just blindly trust the government. But regarding this vaccine, like, you know, they're not like they're literally like they're not making you like you could get that shit for free. You know what I mean? Like they're not, well, there's, you know, there's two kid. Okay. I've noticed a couple of things with this vaccine conversation. It did. Actually, throughout whole COVID, there's been two conversations. One side says, like, apples are red. And then the other side is, like, trucks use fuel. And the conversation is that drastically different when you read the Facebook threads and don't pick a side. You just, like, eat the popcorn and watch it. And nobody's having the same conversation. So they quote the same facts at each other the whole time. But, like, they're not listening. So, like, take the mass debate. One group was like, masks don't protect me. The other group's like, yeah, they're not supposed to. It's about not sharing your spit and shit. Like that speaking moistly jam, Justin Trudeau dropped. Yeah, I don't think people understand what the masks are supposed to do. They think masks are, yeah. Yeah, and so you get entrenched. And now if we talk vaccinations, you have like people posting shit like, yo, if only vaccinated people can travel, how's the shit still spreading? And it's like, because the vaccinations is about not overflooding the hospitals with right, exactly. symptoms. Right. And then, so like, you say that, and then the other group is like, yeah, but I could still get sick, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, they're like, not You're the not same gonna conversation. Die. God damn like, it. But like, both sides be talking about extremely different things. And like, they're not really addressing each other's cons- or listening and it's like super bizarre to me it's just a bizarre yeah. thing to see play out because it's like when you go to real life and you run the numbers it's like eh, most people are, are just doing whatever you know like they're not arguing on facebook is what i realize is most people right. are not on social media they're not obsessed with youtube like when you really think about it if a video gets two million views it's nothing Yes, for sure. I mean, it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. But, like, there's 8 billion people. Right. You know, like, that's the whole world. And then you have, like, another situation where because this shit's privatized by Western governments, Mm -hmm. other countries have not the same level of access when it doesn't have to be like that. They could open source the shit and then, like, everybody's just vaccinated and crap. And so... Unfortunately, it gives the skeptics these like loophole arguments, as I call them, where they're completely fucking right. And it's really stupidly weird. And then how do you trust this government that in the one hand is saying vaccinations is hella important. Everybody get vaccinated, but only if you right. pay us and you're not from here. So it's free for you, but it's not free for Africa. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And that's the yeah, wild that shit about it. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. That's Actually, pretty fucked like, up. I was like, my company has an office in Ukraine, so I'm talking to my team, and my team is 
Ukrainian folk, right? They live in, in Ukraine. They're not in our reality. And they were explaining their skepticism has to do with how the American government and even the Canadian government was dumping the shitty vaccines on them. Mm-hmm. And then their government is like, well, this is the vaccine we have. Right. And so it's like, then you're like, okay, I understand how somebody could get like really caught up in shit right. because unfortunately our governments are being wildly weird about this shit. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Not that I encourage it. I got vaccinated and shit. I'm, you know, I was just all yeah. about that. I'm like, trust the 384 yeah, people that are going to die from this shit is smaller than me fucking smoking. I'm literally vape yeah. nicotine. What the fuck am I afraid of a fucking vaccine, to be honest? <laughs> I eat bullshit that is going to kill me faster yeah. than you a know vaccine what, will, to be honest and with y'all. <laughs> like, that kinda, just the facts that of get, it. That kind of brings me to a point, too, like... You know, I have a genetic disorder that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's part, it's why I'm blind. You know, it's, I'm losing my hearing too. It's just eating away at like all my faculties. You know what I mean? And it's just like, why the fuck? Like, I honestly think living to old age, like super old age is just fucking overrated. I don't care. Like, I don't want to have kids. I don't care about passing down my last name. I don't care about, you know, that typical middle American fucking story. I don't care about it. So a lot of the things that these people like these, like a lot of people hold dear or they, they, you know, they, they romanticize. I just don't care about it. Cause I've seen like, you know, old people, older people, like, you know, whether they're good or bad people, like they're fucking like, once you hit a certain age, your body just starts to take a shit. And especially considering like the stuff that we intake on a daily basis, like, you know, sure. We're living, you know, we may be able to live a lot older than we used to, but it's just like, I just want to live, man. Like, Yo, and I'm not saying like, so I'm, I'm not living longer to... than we used to. That's just the average. Apparently people used to live to 80, like all the time back then. It's just that the amount of shit that would kill you is less. So right, right. like you're not as likely to have a barbarian chop your head off or have a famine wipe out 20% of your population or mm-hmm. ironically have a virus wipe out 20% of the humanity. <laughs> it's just right. not as likely because science. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just... more people live out the full potential of that 80 years that or whatever that we were always capable of. That's yeah. from that fucking guy who wrote Sapiens. I'm reading his other books and it was in that. So I'm like, say a word. That's relevant. Yeah. And I mean, oh. just because I don't really care about living to like super old age, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to lose weight and stuff like that. I just don't really feel like, you know, I just don't really care about, you know, being that old dude, like that dependent old dude. I just don't want to be that guy. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be like, I don't care about and a lot of these people like. I feel like they have like insecurities and they need to justify their positions and they really like to just pick on people for, you know, I could have a beer and like, oh, you're drinking a beer. You're, you're a fucking alcoholic. I'm like, bro, I'm just having a fucking beer, man. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm enjoying life right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not using it as an escape for the, my depression or whatever. Like I'm, I'm happy, bro. Or, you know, someone's smoking a joint or whatever. It's just like, yo, why the fuck do people give a shit? Like leave people alone. Like they're not bothering you. You know, it's like this whole shit that people have against, you know, LGBT, you know, it's just like, why the fuck do you care, bro? Just, 
leave them alone. They're not bothering you. They're not, they're not the one, you know, the same people that say, oh, they're indoctrinating, they're indoctrinating, and then they'll indoctrinate their own bigoted, bigoted ass uh, views onto their children. It's just, it's so fucking backwards. It's just like, why the fuck do you care? Just let people live, you know? But yeah, because yeah. the facts is, if you're a white middle class person, as everyone else in life gains, your group is going to lose a little bit because there's it's a math equation, and unfortunately, that group is really unhappy that the balance of life is shifting and they're not winning like they are accustomed to winning. Is my understanding of the situation? To be honest, like take like uh, hiring policies like racial quotas. It literally is a policy that says we're going to have less white men. That's literally the policy, good or bad. That's not really the point. So you can see how that group is going, oh, shit, I actually have to try harder and da-da-da-da-da. It's not like I can coast through on this narrative that got sold to me by everybody. And the narrative that gets sold to you when you were a white boy is really fucking good. And then all of a sudden, that's not what real life is because, yo, the world is kind of shifting in big ways. But when people get promised dreams and then expectations don't meet the realities, they act like fucking children is what Mm -hmm. I think is happening to a lot of people, especially millennials. Millennials really were force fed this like you're special bullshit when we were young. They used to be like all over my classroom and crap. I remember it vividly, like colorful signs, affirmation, happy, happy shit that like made me sound like I'm going to be a fucking superstar in life. I don't know. Turn me into a little narcissist, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just feel like... I don't feel like... Not enough enough people are... They they keep it real with their kids. And I mean, there's a limit. You don't want to, like, just dump everything on your fucking kid at once. But... I just don't believe in all this fucking lying and shit. Like, people where I'm, like, in... You know, I'm... I have a disability, so... A lot of people get, like, this... Peppy fucking fluffy motivational shit like oh you know you're special or you don't have a disability you have an ability and you know as i got older i just started to realize like that's so fucking bullshit because you know the thing about the thing about it is like and i'm not comparing myself to anyone else like anyone else's struggles or like you know racial struggles but blind people are in hand like whether for better like whether you know from the worst to the best instance or at least to the worst, I don't know. Like, we're not, you know, people look at us different. Like, we're not, you know, people have assumptions. Like, we, we're we not looked at to them. We're not considered as equal to them as they may consider someone else who fits their, you know, box of normality. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with talking about that. Like, I remember I would talk about that shit and people would try to, like, talk me down or people were like oh you're wrong you're just da 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 like no this shit is fucking real and it's not like i need anyone's like i'm gonna keep doing my shit regardless that's not the point you just like to jump on the whole visual impairment shit i forget that technically speaking to a minor extent i am visually impaired that's like a fact that's because i have glasses and shit and i got reminded of that with this masks on in the stores when i go blind for like two minutes every time i walk into a store in montreal's fucking frozen ass weather and i i fucking swear i get anxious and shit it's actually wild so like i don't know man if you can't see and shit that definitely creates a a hurdle but then i definitely do think people be looking at people different when they know they can't see and and all of it because 
I mean, it's a lesser talked about thing, but it's definitely up on the group of shit that people in the 80s would have just happily made fun of for the sake of it. And I just feel like this whole, like, kind of beating around the bush and try to make things seem better than what they really are, it creates, like, you know, because a lot of blind people, and there are blind people that are, you know, I don't identify with any specific blindness organization, like the NFB or whatever. I actually feel like they're kind of a cult. But it's just, like, you create this narrative, and then blind people get all, like, comfortable amongst themselves, and they don't really they kind of lose perspective of the rest of the world. Like, cause that's what we're up. Not, I don't want to say up against, but like, this is the, this is the playground we're in. Like we have to live with other people that have sight that have dip, that come from different walks of life that have, you know, different stories, different backgrounds. And it's just like, you know, we are unique for better or worse. We are unique, you know, individuals in the fact that, a chief faculty that most people rely on we don't have and unfortunately you know a lot of people don't really have the fortitude to want to learn about this stuff like and i mean the average person not someone that like because there are people that go to school to be a, a visual tvi like a teacher for the visually impaired that's what that means and you know it's just like like and it'll show up in like weird ways for me too specifically like i'll be talking to a chick or talking to a girl you know and i'll just be like i was it was when i was in college and we you know we i bumped into her by the elevator and we just kind of started chopping it up and we went to the you know to the uh we went to go get food i can't wait to go fucking back to that school but you know you're about to leave and I'm like, hey, do you want me to give you my number? And I wasn't really trying to like be like super aggressive or anything, but she's like, yeah, we could be friends. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, well, I wasn't trying to like push up on you like that, but okay. And it's just like certain shit, like how people kind of approach. I, I find that like I have to really be like, I'm not really allowed. Like I'm talking a lot now, but like in general, I'm a very quiet, reserved person if I don't know somebody. So a lot of times, like, I kind of, I'm very low-key, and people kind of view that as me, you know, in the context of me not being able to see as, like... No, I fucking swear. I, bro, if I have my glasses off and I'm in a room, I don't say a fucking word. Yeah. Like, I can't I can't see your face. I can't, I'm not in my element. I know you could probably read voices really well, so it kind of gives you, like, a that sense was of... how like, shitty my hearing has gotten, but I used to be able to, but yeah. Right. But it probably creates more comfort in that call environment, right? Like, right. Rather than in the room full of shit. Because, yo, I'm telling you. I just if like I can't, drawing attention to myself like that. You if know, I can't see your eyes and shit, it fucks me up. I don't even want to talk. I just want to sit there and, like, yo, it freaks me out a bit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm okay with, like, calls too. That... But, like, nah, it's crazy how much, like, because people do a lot of communicating with their bodies and faces that they just expect you to read. And if you mm -hmm. can't actually see that shit, which look like I can see well enough if we like, I'm about to kiss you close, but like we start getting to like a group level, it's kind of blurry and shit and I can't yeah. follow it. And it, even when it's blurry, it's like, I have to take extra effort to process what the fuck I'm seeing. Whereas glasses, it's just like, whoosh, and I'm like, okay, we good. Right. And it's just like, I think people kind of see that, like me being relatively quiet with a disability and they're like, oh, well, he's kind of not really like he may not have. Whereas, you know, I may have a few beers and I'm like, you know, joking and being sarcastic and shit. And people see that and he's like, oh, 
this this is like a whole ass person right here like you know what i mean it's like you have to kind of like make people and i don't really feel like i'm obligated to make people feel comfortable with me at all that's that's not my problem but it's just when you're able to like <coughs> excuse me <coughs> when you're able to like um in a social setting you know you're drinking you're 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 cracking jokes and shit and being sarcastic or you know just chopping it up and people see that and they're like oh well this person is more like me than whether then they would be if they saw me like just kind of minding my own business listening to something on my phone and eating food like people just don't they don't get it you know a lot of comp a lot of uh i don't want to say compensation but like just you know especially in the dating world like you got to really kind of go out of your way to you know, but it is what it is, though. I'm not complaining. It's just, dating you know, the cards I was dealt. It's wild, bro. Is it, like, challenging? I guess. I guess it must be. Eh? People be. Yo, let's talk about tech for a quick second. Because, like, I was going to ask about video games. But now I'm curious, like, how does, like, Tinder and shit, like, is that, like, doable? Um, Tinder's actually uh, not accessible for me. Um, Like, the app itself. Like, the, the what I basically mean is, um, so... Everything I use has like some kind of a screen reader on it. So essentially, what that means is, it translates what's on the screen into speech output, and programs have to be written a certain way, whether it's on the computer or on the phone, to be, um, for me to be able to use them. And Tinder, when at least when I tried it, wasn't worth wasn't working. And I tried like these dating apps and shit, bro. I've gotten skipped so many times because I don't have an ass load of pictures on my feed. I've gotten the, the the bot so many fucking times. Like it's just a fucking mess. I feel and the the chicks on, I use old ass piece of shit site called Meet Me, that some that uh, a a girl a girlfriend a, a friend of mine put me onto like four years ago. And as far as I know, the dude she met on there she's still with. I guess she fucking struck gold. I don't fucking know. And you know it was just like ah, this is just bullshit man it's just people as Yo, being a girl on a dating site is a really different yeah no it's thing. tough it really is tough it's it's different. tough because like you know check it dudes are fucking nasty bro like no but it's like wow me and my girlfriend were in toronto and we downloaded tinder to check it out for a second right and we were out and feeling adventurous so we just had the account open i had mine she had hers I had no matches. She had over 99 matches within a minute oh of her ship being open. I was uh... like, you because know, guys wildly be thinking like, oh, girls just match with everyone, blah, blah, blah. No, girls match with everyone. Imagine when your pool becomes like this sea of endless dudes just swiping yeah. right to everything. And that's know, what, like, be honest, guys, like, that's what you do, and you just swipe in. You're not reading profiles after a while. You just, like, fuck it. Just Why looking at the, you looking at them like, yeah. And, you know, it's just, like, for me, it was just the people I was getting on Meet Me weren't really, like, a lot of them didn't really have, like, shit going. And I, and I understand, like, I don't have everything going for me either, but it's just, like, they were just not emotionally stable. It was just, like, yo, what the fuck am I dealing with? Like, I don't want to... I want to leave my parents' house. I don't want to be fucking stuck here. Like, and, you know, most chicks, like, that I was talking to on there couldn't really drive. Like, it was just like, bro, I, I can't, like, Yo, I can't. I can tell you one thing. <laughs> the number one thing that determines if you're going to meet a girl on an internet site, if I'm going to tell you to be honest, fellas, it isn't your looks. You think it's your looks. It's not. All the dating yeah. sites that have that checkbox for having a car, it's that. It's if you have a car, dudes. If you have a whip, 
your success yeah. rate is going up. So, yo, when I had a car in college, bro, it was wild. I don't have a car now. I'm not single, but like if I was single, that would be the absolute biggest fucking hurdle I faced because mm-hmm. frankly, in your 30s, if you don't have a whip versus a dude with a whip, the mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just changes everything. So yeah. it's like wild how much the car matters if you're a guy more than salary and everything else. It's the car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I didn't have like assholes of pic. I'm not really the kind of person that even likes doing like, I guess I'm old school like that. Like, I just don't like taking pictures of myself. I guess that's, I guess that's reflective in that apathetic ass picture I sent you for your, th- for the thumbnail. Yeah, I was like, I can't use this picture. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure. I kind of didn't really explain the whole nah, disability thing to no you at that idea. point. So I wasn't. However, I will recommend just on some real shit because you are going to possibly deal with more media and shit. Mm-hmm. Pay a dude to take a pic or three and edit it. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like get a couple, Even in my like, regular pictures, like I don't smile in no pictures. Like I'm just not, I just don't like taking pictures. So like I don't have like an ass load of pictures to take. So, you know, I, I think people are just like, you. oh, this man has one picture. Oh, I'm skipping his ass. Fuck this guy. Yeah, I had to learn how to smile in pictures. It was like, the, it took me like, multiple years to kind of learn how to fake smile in a way that was convincing like that was like i watched a guy lose an election over not being able to fake smile and that was like big for me because this guy could have won an election if he had learned how to smile and beat justin trudeau but he couldn't smile so nobody fucking liked him and i was sitting there as a rapper going Yeah. This shit's like politics, right? End of the day, there's yeah. a gajillion fucking rappers, so like nobody's gonna pay attention. I'm like scowly McScowl face all fucking time. Yo, even when I started his interviews, I talked to Iron Solomon, who's like a, a legend in battle rap and shit, mm. for two yep. fucking hours, and I didn't smile for two hours, and I'm like, that's actually a problem, right? Because motherfuckers, like you said, with the social signals and shit, mm-hmm. they wanna. You want to present this inviting, warm, fucking, like, yo, I'm fun, even if you're not, because, like, in the art of music and shit, it kind of matters a bit, more than anyone wants to admit, if your goal is to reach people outside of super fans and artists. Yeah, and I I mean, I feel like I'm one of those people that, just because I don't have the visual cues, that I don't really go by those things, like, I go by personalities, I go by the things that conversations like different i kind of as i got older i got very perceptive on how to read people's like vibes just by how they certain words that they use and actually made me better at not being a fucking crab but um (laughs) just keeping it a buck um and it was just like i don't really feel like and you know we're, we're flawed social fucking we're animals with fucking we're intelligent animals okay but it's just like you know, like, like people want to be able to like, look at you and be like, Oh, this guy is, you know, he's an inviting person. He, he wants to, he may not be opposed to me talking to him. Whereas me, I'm kind of like, even if I'm just looking like I'm just there, like apathetic, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like, I want to fucking crack somebody's fucking jaw. I got a question on this whole vein of things. So you're an interesting use case for a metaverse that everybody's trying to like push towards and i've always thought that there were certain demographics where like in music in particular where let's be fucking real sometimes what you look like actually does prevent your success there are yeah. people that should have popped but the the prettier person did and that's a huge part of 
life. Um, but what happens when it's avatars and nobody fucking really sees you and you're just like, cause yo, look at like dudes like dead mouse where frankly, nobody gives a fuck what he looks like. Cause he's a fucking guy with a mouse helmet. Right. Yeah. I think, it, you know, I think that's actually, that actually reminds me of some cases where that was like, I don't know if you know about R.A. the Rugged Man when he Absolutely. was first coming out. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was doing some dumb shit though. But when he first when he first came out, like when he was on Jive and he was under Crustified Dibs, like they wanted to, they wanted to not like show his face on any anything. Not the don't put your face on the twelve inch singles. Don't put your face on the album. But what was that song? Uh, Bloody Axe, like in the video, and they wanted to have him like all wrapped up and shit. And then like at the end of the video, you actually see that he's a white dude because like back then, you know, because if you listen to R8, like he's from Long Island, and you listen to his shit. You really wouldn't be able to tell if he was white or black. And I just knew he was white when I heard him, so I never had that version of him. But I suppose maybe it's what what did you hear the later part of his uh yeah, yeah. I, career? I, I, I I found out about his early part of his career on YouTube watching like Method Man talk about how he got blackballed and Method Man. Yeah, that him. video was funny as fuck too. <laughs> it's like Method Man's like this is the first time they ever said no to me. I wasn't used to that, and I was like, say a word. We are not been... fucking with R-rated rugged man. The like... man's got skid marks on his underwear. Like that, that video was funny as shit. <laughs> oh, but like he did some wild, yo. He and he like admits it, but he used he to was do wilding. shit like running around the clubs and jack off on people. Like he is the guy that yeah. did the that to people, and he did that in like a literal capacity. And their labels were like, "I don't think we can touch this talented motherfucker." Yeah, I mean, you know, it's he came from a very very rough you know agent orange fucked up his family quite a bit you know and it's just like you know it's tough you know and it's amazing to see him kind of bounce back to where he's like this amazing and i always liked i always liked ra you know even like his early wild shit but like you know he's such like he's a full like artist like respected artist now and his you know he's actually putting out a really great body of work you know and but yeah, what was I? What was I saying? What were we talking? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They Statics. they didn't want to show that he was white at first, and you know, I can't think of any. What else? I think Wu Tang had like the ski masks on their album cover, but I don't think that was because of that. I think it was because. Uh, uh, I think um, I've like I don't know if this is true, but like I heard as an example, like Ghostface had a warrant at one point, so they were trying to like half cover. Yeah, he he wasn't trying to. Like yeah, he was. Or like on the cover, like. They just didn't have enough of the woos, so it's all like sound engineers and like people because there's like seven dudes on that first cover, right? Yeah, there's yeah. not nine of them, so like because you got, I believe you got was, I don't know if he was in jail when Thirty Six Chambers yeah. came out, but one of them was not, cat, one of them was not there. Yeah, so it's like you look at that situation and you're like, okay, and then because I would just watched American Sanga uh, and Rizzo was telling his mom how like an engineer is fucking hands is out and he's not even on the cover, and so I'm gonna assume that that's it. But I know I've read about it before, and they were just dealing with the circumstances, so they took everybody who was in the room and they covered everyone's faces, so you couldn't really tell who the Wu Tang Clan, and it kind of added to the lore. <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah. definitely like. Uh, they didn't have everybody in the room type thing so they work with what they had is my understanding of that situation but i just thought about like the whole aesthetic thing like let's say you become an avatar now now it doesn't really matter what you look like because somebody just designs your fucking avatar and you do exactly the same shit right 
build an entire audience around avatars and i know this isn't appealing to like the whole world but like it wasn't lost on me when i was a lot fatter that if i wasn't fatter i would do better <laughs> Like, it wasn't lost on me. And so, like, sometimes, like, especially when I was younger, I'd, like, fantasize about this world where this Avatar universe existed quicker because then it would just be, like, yo, I could be this crazy-ass artist and nobody would know what the fuck I look like and I'd probably pop right. off more. And I don't know how true that is or not, but it started I think for me. some people it does work because I think, like, sometimes, like, especially when you're dealing with, like, hyper-mainstream music, a lot of people have, like, I feel like if your image... If your look goes along with, like, if it fits like a glove with the, like, when M came out, like, he was the f the fucking, you know, the blonde-haired, you know, the fucking t-shirt, like, he's just looking crazy, right? And his image fit, like, his early records, like, because they were, it was crazy, because that's, that's really the, the environment that he came out of, you know, and it kind of added, like, to his shock value when he first came out, but... Mm. You know, I think some people can play like it's and it's also how you kind of manipulate and shape the 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 mystery, the mist whatever the fucking word is, mysterious, you know, kind of like, you know, Doom is obviously a classic example. Um Daft Punk cuz people didn't know what they looked like for a while. Um you know, and yeah. they kind of had like a whole lore, lore. I think Gorillas would qualify in that category too. I think people knew who they were though. Like, they knew who they were, but, like, I get, it just didn't matter to people, right? Because, like, they were already famous. Like, there was the dude from Blur and, like, some other journalist guy, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, it's Gorillaz. It might not be Blur, so if I'm wrong, don't come at me. I just yeah, know I'm it's, not, like... I'm not completely sure One either. of them British fucking bands that was, like, in that era. So, like, they was, like, already established. And then Del the Funky Homo Sapien was rolling with them for a quick minute. So, like, again, all established fucking people, and they were just creating an art project. But it's an, uh, I think Prozac is a better example because Prozac was 40 year old white dudes that became musicians. So they hid behind that fact by being these little fucking cartoons. Mm, right. I don't know if you know Prozac. They might be Canadian. Nah, I never heard of them. They're like two cartoon dudes. And they, because back in the day, Canadian laws used to force people to listen to more Canadian shit. So you would just get more Canadian shit. And, um, Prozac is a byproduct of that, and I think a whole bunch of Canadians know exactly what I'm talking about. And it might, yo, maybe we should like fucking give love to Prozac on this channel and let people know how good sucks to be you really is. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I was gonna say though, when you brought up Dell, I instantly thought of um Cool Keith, who has like a fucking shitload of 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 different um personas. Um, people yo, know what he looks okay, like. Okay, so imagine that dude with the access to the metaverse, with his imagination, and what right. he could do with live shows. Like, he could just perform and have it set up in a way where all of these fucking characters that he creates are on stage as manifestations, and you can, like, more... You know, you wild shit that yeah. you just can't fucking do in real life, whether or not you want that. That's not the point. And I didn't even want to replace the other, but, like, that's the whole other side is the creative output potential of, like fully immersive fucking experiences for music is wild to me yeah and you know i guess i couldn't really do it because it's just like my music is like so much a reflective of how i feel and what i think and the things that i as an individual you know my entire life so it's just me 
creating a character like creating a bunch of characters and shit is actually more of a challenge for me because music is just an extension well, of who I am, you know what I mean? You can still just be an avatar of you being yourself. That's still also an option. That's yeah. the thing that's wild about it. On that you could they're gonna get to a point and you know Facebook's fucking learning how to do this. They're gonna be able to upload a picture of yourself and your avatar is gonna look like you down to like body shape and shit so like trust they're working on that that's coming yeah and so like i don't know i think it's gonna be like a wildly interesting world that we're gonna move into where you're gonna end up with like a character selection sheet like in a video game do you play video games yeah quite a decent amount a lot more when i was younger but well i actually have my uh i have a modded ps2 that's sitting right next to me so how does a modded PS2 work? So essentially, I have the um, if you remember the the fatter PS2, right? With the with the piece on the back that you take off and you put the the network adapter on. So essentially, what I did was there's these um kits you these uh software you can download called um there's a memory card exploit called free uh free McBoot or free MC Boot, and it basically lets you run uh unsigned code on the ps2 and you can actually run games off of like a, a network attached storage or um, they have one for hard drives free hd boot and i put it on a hard drive and then i preloaded the uh, hard drive with like a shitload of games and all i gotta do is boot up the ps2 go to opl and there's a shitload of games on the hard drive i don't need a disc i just have it hooked up to my tv and every now and yeah, again i play like some fucking visibility PS2. options and shit that you have to like navigate um at on that era of concert, uh, concerts, consoles, no, um, it's all memori memorization, and I grew up with those consoles too, so it's just like, okay, when I boot up the console, the memory card is, if I want to go to the memory card, I press X, and then there's left to right, memory card one, memory card two, and I actually can't really do much else, like, I can't read the saves and stuff like that, I think it goes from, like, the newest to the oldest, I'm not sure, but, you know, it's just... A lot of memorization like i'll have someone say okay i'll ask them okay where is this and it's like oh it's four down and then i'll remember that for later and then remember my list of games and it shows up in alphabetical order so i can look at that list of games versus the one i'm on now and then just be like, okay i have to go down this many times up this many times but the new consoles like the uh xbox one especially have um has narrator on it so i actually don't have to deal with that i could just you know it won't fix the game, but I can navigate the damn console and actually use it. Download so when shit. the game comes in, stuff like just, that. Like does that, that must limit like what you can play. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't really play many newer games because the gaming industry is so fucking. So many half fucking half-ass games coming out that aren't even finished yet, and. I don't play games like I used to. Like, I'm always... Like, I don't have the time for it that I used to. I used to play so much when I was younger, but as a consequence, I play a lot of games that I played when I was younger, so... My favorite game series is the Metal Gear series. Um, right. You know, a lot of other shit, like, you know... Some... Back when EA was dope, I'm a big fan of, like, the Fight Night games and shit. Tekken goes hard. Um, Mario Brothers goes crazy, even though I'm shit at Mario Brothers. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, obviously... That's that's a game I spent countless, countless hours. I remember when I found... I remember... I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I remember being in third grade, and this was before I had access to the internet. And my boy, uh, Sean, he 
brought in a bunch of cheat codes for me, and I wrote them on my big ass like I used to write shit on this big ass braille typewriter, right? So I was writing these cheat codes down one by one on this fucking piece of paper, and it was there was a while where I couldn't find my San Andreas disc, and it was Easter Eve of two thousand nine. I was I was eight years old, right? And I pop that shit in. I'm like, oh, I have the cheat codes. I pull that shit out, and I just go to fucking town. I don't even have all the cheats yet. That was like. My mind was fucking blown. That was that's one of my best gaming memories. Just fucking love that shit, man. I was playing was like late into the night that game. That's dope. And that was fucking beautiful. And so but yeah. So all that. When did you like start to get more serious with music? Um, around eleven or twelve. Uh, I remember. I was I got so much out of gaming to the point where my mother actually made me give away my GameCube and my uh, Vita. I had a Vita. I want to get my Vita back. That that system is fire. Um, still have my PSP. It's a hacked PSP. But you know, around 2012, 2013, I actually you know got to a point where I felt like I was. I really wasn't, but I was fucking. You know. I felt like I was addicted to gaming which i really wasn't i was just you know people go through phases like i mean i did music for a while i wanted to play games for a while and then you know i actually deleted all the games i had on my computer i like deleted the fucking installers for them the, the disc images and everything and it was just, i just wiped them out and it wasn't and i didn't play no games for like nine months straight but i kind of found a happy medium but it was mainly 2012 it was 2013 when i started to get real you know, serious about not just doing music, but also studying, learning about the culture, hip hop, hip hop culture, and things like that. And you started with making beats and mixing, right? Yeah, that's when I started to also find my my identity. You know, who I was as a person, rather than like trying to follow a narrative of a fucking person that most people follow. So as you're making beats and stuff, when did you start to move into the more turntablism side of things? Um, actually, fairly recently. Um, I was always interested in it. At first, it started out as, you know, just wanted to do scratches on my records, right? And then I saw Rock Raider, um, 1995 DMC Championship routine where he does a crazy beat with Eric B as president on 45, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I kind of went down the rabbit hole and I just started learning about different crews. I, I, ISP, you know, X-Men and then, you know, scratch perverts from the UK, uh, different DJs, like, you know, a track, you know, uh, fucking shit. DJ noise. Who's super, super underrated. Um, he's from Denmark. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, and I had a cheap ass controller. I did a song called scratch thoughts on, um, a cheap ass controller. I threw it out, but it was it was only about a year ago that I actually got my first. I had a turntable, but it wasn't a turntable you wanted to cut on. Like the the torque of the platter was ass, and I was collecting vinyl to just listen to vinyl. Um, I'm all about my vinyl, but I got my first turntable. Started getting more vinyl. Um, had a mixer that had the the crossfader was kind of shit. It the the cut in time was really bad, so. I couldn't really do too many scratches. And then later, I got my second turntable, like, I want to say six, seven months later, thanks to school refunds because uh, of the pandemic. 
Um, I got my second turntable, and I got a new mixer that had an innovator in it. An innovator is like, I don't know if you know about the innovator, but it's basically kind of like, it's like a fader that's designed to fit every mixer, but it's designed for turntablists to have like, you can customize it to whatever you want. So like the tension of the knob, um, the cut in time, like how much dead space you want before it cuts in. And stuff like that. And it's just a really great fader. I popped that shit in there. And it was just off. It's just off to the fucking races, man. And I haven't gotten into, like, juggling too, too much. Because the problem is, like, it's very visual-based. And I actually did manage to do, like, some backspins. Like, one-bar backspins with the sticker on the vinyl. Just tactically. Which is really tough. But I'm mainly focused on, like, the scratching aspect. And just, just trying to get my scratches up. But I'm juggling that also with all the other stuff I'm working on. Like... I'm working on the Ground Zero tape. That's probably the Invasion tape that's gonna drop. I guess next year, uh, in the in the beginning of next year, um, you know. So it's kind of hard to juggle. Like I can't really, you know. And then I gotta go back to school soon. It's kind of hard to really sink into it and just like just hammer it because I have all these other obligations. Which is why I wish I started young. But I have a lot of vinyl now. I'm trying to. I'm waiting for an embossed to come in the mail so I can actually label. The sleeves of the vinyl so I can like do a mix like I want to do a, a a mix on stream at some point but you know and I want to get digital too it's just that I want spinning platters and the problem is there's a most of the new players they have like touch screens on them and obviously that's out of the question for me so I'm looking at the 3900s the other players I was looking at they the static jog wheels they, they don't really spin so I'm not quite sure so if i can't like find a find good old tech because new tech isn't good for visually impaired folk yeah that's right. a wild thought yeah touchscreen base and it's not adapted like i want to get an mpc bro like i want the live two man the machine is fucking awesome but i can't use it you know i want to go away for them to like i, I mean know. it can't be that hard they do it for phones it's just that there's not enough of a they just don't see it. It's just a niche, tiny, tiny, tiny segment of the market. Like, they don't really, I don't think they, so uh. So, like, like, I know, like, my company um, works with, <clears throat> like, they develop a PDF editor. And it's, like, a yeah. big deal in the world of PDFs to make sure that you design shit with readability in mind. Like, you're just mm -hmm. supposed to do it because of voice to text and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But. I can see how most people never really think about it because a lot of... I know that's a big deal in the gaming industry, too. Um, yeah, it's, people, been, it's become an increasingly bigger... Which I, I think is great, personally. Because, like, I, I don't know. I like to listen to people comment on shit. And, yeah, I found that out, that accessibility in video games is a big deal. Where, like, yeah, I don't think about it. I suppose having audio tracks helps, but that wasn't really for anyone. It was just to enhance the cinematic qualities, but like, probably made games more playable and shit. I mean, yeah, at least at the very least, at the menus, like if I could just navigate the fucking menus, that helps out so damn much. And it, and they would just require so like a voice to text option on the menus for the them to like read to you the menu options, right? Right. Yeah. Does that ever get annoying? Um, there's no singular option that you could apply to a game and it just works. Um, what people do do is they make, they make a menu guide where 
and this is depending on whether the menus change with future updates or not, but you essentially, it's like a map. So you kind of understand where things are. It doesn't, it's not perfect. Definitely audio describe. I think uh, the Master Chief collection actually has, um, they let you, uh, it has text to speech in the menus. Um, I have yet to try that though. Cause I'm on a windows, I'm on a version of windows that doesn't support, um, that particular game, but right. Yeah, That's... it's there. I mean, I, I haven't really delved too much into it because like I said, I'm not really gaming as much. And when I am gaming, it's older games. No, I just think it's like an interesting, I mean, interesting for me because I don't ever sit there and talk about any of this really. So and anything new can, is, is usually interesting, but yeah. like just how to solve that problem like i was just like because i guess like if you had a button that lets you read to orient where you're at on this map and you know it kind of like creates uh more somewhat related experience. i'm completely missing anything that's going on in the chat so if anyone like said anything towards me i nah, apologize anybody ain't saying shit for a minute actually it's like okay. it's been a while there's people there so shout out to people yeah, yeah. There. they're listening they're listening yeah, I'm, I'm all down for Team Lurkers. Y'all are wonderful folk. I mean, I like Team Chatters too, but I still love them Lurkers. Yeah, hell yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's like just, I mean, I think it's a lot of things that a lot of us don't consider. But, like, I remember watching this video one time that was describing how if you think with accessibility in mind, you make everybody's life better. Like, um, having ramps at the grocery store. It, it's like yeah it's an accessibility move but like let's be real sometimes you see that ramp and you got your heavy ass shit and you're like thank goodness that ramp's there you know or like it just gives options for other people that benefit society or there's even a lot of like going back to video game design a lot of things have been done in the way shit's developed to make everybody's life easier to handle like easy mode as an example yeah. for people with like physical limitations that like might not let them have the reflexes but then if you're really shitty at fighting games like witcher like me you really appreciate fucking easy mode so that the big monster doesn't kick the shit out of you and you can still move along and feel like a badass <clears throat> yeah and there's some blind people that kick ass in mortal Kombat. i'm just not one of them that must be like wild to get that good at this game to like map out like because then it's like probability mapping too and anyway that sounds fucking wild to like get into yeah but regarding what you were saying about grocery stores like something that frustrates me is like i always go with somebody so it's not really the biggest issue but like the, you know the, the, the machine where you're, you know you're, you swipe you stick your card in the thing and you it asks you if you want cash back and you hit, you hit the whatever and then you type in your pin that's still not you know accessible you know you're still using the the pen on the fucking screen or you you know you're it's a touch screen like it's still not like they have the self checkout um the self checkout and it kind of sucks cuz a lot of cashiers like they're treated as expendable and they're they're not paid very well for what they do and it's really whack but they have the self checkout and even then like they're not like you know perfect like i feel like they have ATMs like ATMs have have shit going on. Like I remember I was in Long Island and um I test I tested out a bunch of ATMs and they did have features for accessibility, but the problem was their fucking their headphone jack had a was nine times out of ten busted. Mm. So like so I would you're be saying like, okay. that like 
they would have like a headphone jack on the machine that you could plug yeah. into. So if you wanted it, you could read it, but it otherwise doesn't annoy people by reading your right. Exactly, shit. exactly. Yeah. Oh, especially because it will have like informations that could get read out. And like, right, your... exactly. So you can Fair type enough. in stuff, and people won't be like hearing everything you're typing. It's it's Bro, yeah. I'll mean to cut you off. I'm really enjoying this conversation. My bladder is yeah. betraying me. So what I'm gonna yeah, do right good. now. Is I'm gonna go use the washroom right quick. And to Chris, we're not playing more music right now, so you can keep this part. Chris is the editor guy. Shout out Chris. Um, shout out Ghostface Miller for sticking around the Word. whole time too. And shout Hell out yeah, Richard Nightshade for being here. Shout out Ismail. I know your lady friend Bonnie's listening in the next room. She also might watch YouTube in the middle if she gets bored with our topic. But let's be real, sometimes we can go in directions she don't care. You know, about. you know what, you know what's kind of funny though. Like I actually I do a podcast too. And I can't listen to my podcast. People love them, but it's just like, I just never can't listen it. to it. I just get bored. I never like, listen to me. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yo, I can't edit me anymore. I like don't care. Um, I mean, I'll edit short shit because like it's stupid to outsource some shit that's like fifteen minutes. Then I care a little bit more about how it looks. But like, yo, this is like a whole conversation we're having, and then to go edit this after is like rehaving the conversation. Yeah, and yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah like yeah. i'm not gonna i remember the conversation after at least 80 percent of it is gonna be like in my mind and then and then so, in the attempts of like trying to edit it without like listening to it the whole time you miss little things that you should have like either taken out or eq'd or whatever and it's just like ah god damn it so yeah. i may actually have someone else edit those podcasts um but sometimes um, i like i'll say shit the benefit of a, a pre-recorded podcast is if you say some goofy shit that didn't like if you try to make a joke that didn't land right. I've 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 done this multiple times where, and I've you could just not... you could just cut it out. You know what I mean? You could just chop it up, and you you can mute that part of the audio, where it's mm. live. It's like, you know, you gotta, it sticks. Sorry, matter Lucha what, Nightshade. I missed your question because it was up, and then I peed, and I forgot that you had asked that question. So typically, I try to ask the questions, but. Life happens in this world the chats, but yeah, do do you you what DAW do you use? Um, I use um, I actually use Reaper. I use Reaper for. Um, hey Reaper gang! Yeah! Reaper gang! Yo, Reaper's the greatest shit ever. I even. Yo, like here's the thing about Audacity. It's free. But Reaper has a sixty dollar option, and its value yeah. is time save is like. Bro, there's no way you can justify not saving the $60 in Cop and Reaper. Maybe it's yeah. $80 now. Who the fuck knows? What I'm saying is Reaper... It's 60 Reaper's, as far as I know. Reaper's so good, it connects to OBS with plugins and shit. Like, Reaper's yeah. next fucking yeah. level. It really is, though. $60. I need to get that plugin, too. Because you know what? I'm so sick of using my bullshit uh, FL Studio AS, ASIO with Reaper that fucks up and adds latency to the audio. I got to get that plugin. I give up on that whole journey. I know how to correct latency from direct mic, but to go down the path of... I mean, I suppose you could correct it in the same way because it creates like an audio source that Reaper... Okay, I see what I'm saying. I'm already fixing it in my head. What am I saying? But yo, Reaper is life-changing. That's all I can yeah. say. All I do is I mean, it's Reaper. it's a bit of a steeper learning curve. When I first got it, I was like, man, what the fuck is this shit? And it was like really confusing. But then I get it because Reaper, you have to, it's like Linux. You have to set it up to like customize it how to work exactly how you want to want it to work. Yo, for rappers, you, do that. you can plug and play that shit. Don't listen to them, rappers. Plug and play that. You don't really need to know shit except how to arm a fucking device and hit record. And then 
they right can yeah play with effects after if you really want yeah i mean in terms of like being able to just record shit it's that simple but oh, you know word. when you start That's getting into cool the post-production question, Udra. um what do you say does your uh does reaper Yo, you are getting mad love on your beats. I did not tell you that you're getting mad it. love. Sorry, I'm That's failing dope. my fucking duties. Okay, yo, everyone? Yo, please I'll look understand. at... Yo, please... Yo, just just real quick. Yo, please check out the Crevice Nuggets album. There's more joints on there. There are more, like, in-depth tracks on there that I have. And December 10th, Ground Zero, The Day the Sky Fell, is coming out. And it's more than just, you know, Battle Bar shit. It's real, you know... Topical 2021 shit. I'm excited for that, man. Right. Um, I can actually. Can I send you the Distro Kid uh, follow link for that? Uh, yeah. If you send it to me in like a whisper or some other format, even on Discord, whatever. Yeah, I'll you send want, it on Discord. I can then copy and paste that shit, and it'll be proper. And then y'all can go do that pre-follow. But I did have another question. I don't want to get slapped by my audience no more. They're being like holding you fucking better behave. And I see how it is, everyone. Um, Yo, but what was what was his question? It's uh, she, uh, Udra Nightshade. I mean, unless you have some other pronoun, but I don't really. Anyway, that's a whole other world. Uh, What was their question? (laughs) uh, Yeah. uh, What was their when when you're talking about like parameters? And tweaking shit on Reaper, is there like um, software that shit that you can plug into it that makes well, it Reaper, fucking um, like so, more accessible, or is it a game back on that memory map shit? Um, there actually is software that Reaper has that um, excuse me, real quick. Yeah, uh, he's there doing we go. The fucking um, me. I appreciate. Yeah, you, I'm man. getting that link too. But yeah, it has. So I use a couple things with Reaper. There's a uh, there's an extension that makes it compatible with um, NVDA as a screen reader, free screen reader, and it totally kills Jaws as far as I'm concerned, which is Jaws is like the quote-unquote industry standard that blind people use. But, um... I guess, eh, there'd be industry standards for fucking... Uh, now you got the link. There you go. Um, I see it. So it's called, it's called Osara, O-S-A-R-A, and it helps translate, like the things that I'm on in Reaper yeah, to the screen reader. But what's be... nice about Reaper is it has a parameters list that's separate from, like, the... the... There's, yo, hold up. Thanks for the sub, fucking Ghostface Miller. I have to interrupt you when that happens. Man's is on fire right now. Yo, I appreciate it. You don't even understand. My sub game was so trash for, like, months, and I said nothing because I felt bad about it. But it's really encouraging to see subs coming in uh in any capacity because i mean it is mad psychologically helpful and i guess fiscally helpful but really psychologically it's crazy Mm -hmm. that shit is the most amazing shit like in life no i I hear you uja nightshade but i had a they situation at least once where they was a day like there's a furry level a day and it was like i realized in this environment I don't actually know fucking anything and I should train myself into the habits of not making assumptions so that I could effectively get more money. (laughs) It's not really like be a good person. I want y'all to know I don't do things like that because I think it's necessarily like I give a shit. It's like, nah, I think I can do better in life if I just play by some of these rules, like fucking just saying they and shit and learning how to. Because it's not like I'm good at it. But I've talked to a yeah. bunch of 20-something-year-olds that are like, bro, just say they. And I'm like, 
it took me like fucking half a decade to stop calling people gay and shit. Like it's yeah. not that I mean, quick. you know, it's, it's the the part of the thing for me was, and I used to, and I grew up kind of like with the very arbitrary standards of like gender and shit like that. And it's just like, and the there and they and shit that actually I've, I use like problem is like a lot of people use that. It maybe varies for different people, but a lot of people use it and they don't even think about it. But you know, as far as like the pronouns go, gender is gender is so much more complex than just, you know, uh, <laughs> fucking genitalia. <laughs> yeah, but um, wildly, you know, it is. But then you have that simplicity conversation, and it kind of goes back to that like level of critical thinking and understanding. Like, how many yeah. people really be learning about the nuances of this shit before they formulate opinions? The and thing. It's like, the thing that I just, you know, that bugs me, and it's not real. It's mainly internet-based, like we were talking about earlier. Like, this whole reactionary shit. Like, you assumed my agenda. Like, most people, I've known a decent bunch of transgender individuals, and they are not like that at all. Most of them just want to live their life in peace. They just want to be. Because the fact that the science behind trans, the gender dysphoria is that the problem is they have the brain structure of the other sex, but the body of the other sex so what happens is their brain reacts to the wrong hormones like that's the science behind gender dysphoria it's not like some weird i know a lot of people think it's like some weird perverted shit it's not it really isn't and i think that's the key you know and i just saw this fucking video that Vosh did about what's that guy's name matt walsh He's like this transphobic ass book what a fucking asshole but you know it's 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 just coming to an understanding of what shit really is rather than just some blindly just bashing, bashing that thing. But, you know, most transgender people I've met are really, you know, they're regular people. They, they, they're they people with necks like the rest of us. And they just want to have the same opportunity. And unfortunately, you know, they get, you know, they don't always have like the same. That's the reason why we have to make new laws, because people find ways to discriminate against different people's like that's why you know the the original constitution did not have a an amendment that concerned slavery in it so you know it's just like people you know use this excuse like oh well you know it's already illegal to discriminate and i'm like bro you understand that when this country was founded the people that were saying that fucking all men were created equal were slave owners bro i literally just read a book called um something like black resistance white law or some shit like that i mean that's the the principle of it and it's a walk through u.s constitutional amendments and racial um i guess fight back the history mm-hmm. of how people protested their way into the legal it went all the way to the 90s from like literally in the 1700s militia oh yeah it's been the there South. since the start like militias in the south and shit like the original army of the u.s its job wasn't the defense of like the country it was mostly keep the slaves in line because they outnumber us and i don't know that a lot of people know that that's what the laws and the debates were about back in right fucking old-timey congress i'm pretty positive that's where like the original like idea of the police came from too you know they used to you know well, I think Patrol that plantation with that was, because they used to use like militias and shit for that, right? Like so, like private armies and 
whatnot. My, and so, yeah, I guess policing is like a metaphysical example. And then, I don't know, it's wild to think about how much of it was like literally like debated. Like there was an amendment that they made regarding shit around the Civil War that they didn't word right. I think it's the 14th Amendment. And then so they made the 15th Amendment just to clarify the 14th Amendment because of some shit that was like whatever. And because it was really like yeah, the, wild. I'll admit the, like, my history class, I'm a little rusty on – like I, I remember learning about all this, but I'm a little rusty. I don't remember exactly what the 14th – and I know one of them was – um, it's just like shit, like more clarifications into what yeah. it means based on the 13th Amendment's definitions because apparently it wasn't clear enough that this meant black people. And so they clarified yeah. it further and then they didn't clarify it enough. So they clarified they probably because they wanted to beat around the bush and not like admit like, you know, you know, they wanted to kind of dance around the fact that and the Civil War was not about slavery as a moral issue. It was about slavery as the expansion of the southern economy out west they nobody because if they actually came a lot of slaves ended up working for their masters after the civil war anyway but that was due to like lack of opportunity because effectively nothing changed it changed on paper and that's kind of part of what yeah, the book is covering so it wasn't like um black people were being given like dope fucking farmlands they were being given the shittiest shit of all the shit and then like told make that work and then oh it doesn't work come back and work for me like the way that argument gets painted neglects how the okay so what ends up happening is enforcement of these laws is where all the issues happen so the laws are on paper cool is the president going to order the federal army to come deal with every micro issue no so it gets delegated to states to deal with this shit so now you're back to alabama making choices and then right exactly yeah. unless so they made like crazy shits like at one point one because every now and again you'd have a president that wanted to try and do some shit or whatever right or a congressman that gave a fuck so like one of the ways that they could interfere is if you blocked people from crossing state lines, and that would be like a yeah. grounds that the army. That's super could, like, relevant come now. That is super relevant now with this whole abortion shit. So it's like all things considered, like when you look at it from a constitutional point of view, if like all local government is still racist and not doing what the federal government said, then did the law right. change change anything? And did these people really get it? And so it was like. A lot of years until like shit really starts to change after yeah. quote unquote slavery ends and it didn't anyways yeah, it's like i'm not going to say i'm an expert on it but certain arguments definitely get framed in a way where they don't actually take into account how like mississippi still mississippi back then yeah i believe there was one state that didn't really like completely like abolish slavery until i think that was mississippi uh i don't know which one but I 90s. just know that Mississippi, Alabama, fucking... This All the like southern era. states. You, you, you see the pattern, the southern states? <laughs> but the northern states ain't innocent. And that's like the other side of the coin is the northern states just did it really mad different. So they effectively created really shitty conditions and did a lot of other shit. And they hid behind the, but look, we ain't whipping them directly kind of clause. And so like right. everyone kind of like looks like it's way, but... Go run the history of Chicago and tell me that shit's lovely. Oftentimes, people would, like, emigrate from the south and then land in the north and find out shit ain't exactly prettier up here. It's just different. Yeah. It's just not I mean, as when they moved, The northern, like, you know, it was all, like, industrial, like, you know, there was no laws, like, for sanit There was no sanitation laws. There was no... And not just slaves, but immigrants, too. Like, they were 
the ones building all the rail- railways and shit, and they weren't getting paid jack and shit. And speaking about immigrants again, you know, the Chinese Exclusion Act, like that was a direct attack against Chinese immigrants because, you know, people felt it's just this whole anti-immigrant shit about, you know, it's the the finger pointing or blaming the immigrants for everything that's that's wrong with, you know, it's the immigrants' fault. I'm not getting a fair cut, you know that kind of shit. Yeah, people, but that becomes political propaganda. I imagine, like, it's, yeah, it is. Like, I'm not saying I. Like, look, I'm not American, right? So, right, yeah, Canada's yeah. got its own version of shit. Don't act like Canada's innocent. So, I just don't know enough about the specifics of the U.S.'s version of everything. I just know that systemically there's enough parallels that I can empathize and follow all of it. But all I have to say is, like, sometimes shit be wildly complicated because of law shit that nobody knows about. <laughs> I don't even remember how yeah, we got I mean, this. the law... I, for the record, it's I really meant to. Shit, but I, I feel like the laws... It's deliberately meant to be confusing. So that way, because the law in a lot of cases, like, and you don't have to look hard to look for proof that people that are beyond a certain tax bracket are above the law. So, you know, this whole, like, you, that's why I don't really believe in, a, like, my a lot of my family is very religious and they believe in that whole law of the land shit, which personally is baffling to me because our whole, the reason why we're even here reason why we you know fought the british is because we did not want to obey the whole law of the land shit like that i don't believe that i think the law of the land is concrete it's not i'm like 80 percent sure y'all rebelled over taxes and some shit yeah i mean and and you know what's funny too because like they wanted to they wanted to i i feel like you know they just wanted to they wanted that piece of the pie they just they didn't they were just mad that the British were taking it because well, I believe Washington was like a real proponent of like federalist, like super, like after the war, like industrialized everything. And that's why a lot of like the that's that was what conservatism and liberalism was back then, where the conservatives were like the small farmers and they felt like the government was going to take their job away because they were moving towards industrialization and factories and mass mass production and shit like that. To be fair, they were like hella right. If you look and then at the it snowballed people into that became farmers then to now. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know what? It has its... The problem with... I can understand that aspect of it, but it just had so much other bullshit that was going on with it. Like, you know, the southern economy, like like I was saying, was so dependent on the slave trade, which, you know... The times just show, like, how fucking... But, so, but it was also this, like, fear and power shit, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. There's some wild crap. Like, so, like if you look into Florida's history, there's, like, a whole war that happens in Florida that's, like... I don't think it's one of America's pride points, so I don't think we hear a lot about the fact that they kind of did this weird war of attrition for 10 years with the native population there because they was hiding black slaves that was running from... The neighboring thing so they just invaded it and then they pressured mexico for it your history's fucking wild dude it's like really yeah. like when you think about like the fucking shit people really do at like country levels i get i, I geek out i can't even help it it's just wild to think about how entire patches of land go back and forth like in the span of a decade it goes from being the us of a to independent territory to mexico to the states to independent territory to the states all in like a fucking 15 let's say 15 year period isn't that fucking imagine living there what it's just 
It's so weird too, cause like ninety percent of the land we own, we took by force. Like we literally forced, like the we America. You know, it's why I kind of wonder what people really mean when they say "make America great again." Cause like this whole like backwards ass shit, like this whole fucking let's just occupy territory shit. Like that's been there since the beginning. Like we killed all, like to be fair, most of the natives here. I don't know that there's a country that isn't that. That's the history of humanity. It's actually like really modern that like I think the general population has this level of conscience towards yeah. it that they do because like all history is is like fucking like you can follow the war and like yeah there's yeah. peaceful civilizations but then this empire eats up a bigger piece of the pie and if you look at like the history of empires the Greek empire is kind of tiny compared to the mm-hmm. Roman empire. And then it gets up to the point where it's like superpowers with the British Empire taking over 25% of the world. 25% of the world's... That's pretty large, yeah. And then it like gets to a point of unsustainability. um, And like it kind of dips back to like, I guess, you know, where we're at now where people are starting to realize that that level of colonialization and mercantilism ain't the yeah. fucking move and I, I was he was even then it was economic because when you look into because i read fucking adam smith's wealth of nations and that book is like fuck mercantilism because it is shitty fucking economics and honestly mercantilism bankrupted more countries than it made rich because it was more dick wagging to expand your empire than it made any fucking real economic sense right and yeah. so it's like I don't know, man. The history of life like that is just kind of how it plays we out. We are just such a destructive species at the end of the day. Like, I feel like, like, going back to what we were talking about earlier with the access to information, I feel like people may get smarter because, like, Y'all people could learn things and then they would be wiped out within the span of a couple generations back in those days because there was no sustainability. Or now I think it's like, like a fucking outside thinker, you would get literally stoned. Not like yeah, stoned. Exactly. I mean like they'd throw fucking rocks at you. Like I couldn't have survived back then. I'm what you yeah. call a shithead. Shitheads don't fucking survive in those times. And if right. you do, like you're outlaw or some other shit. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. exactly like half these like science dudes had to like hide from the church and shit. Like yep. all I'm saying is like Galileo. I have so much the more I learn about how destructive the world used to be, I'm actually, like, fucking optimistic. Like, I'm just like, yo, life is, like, okay these days because we can have this conversation. And, and not that- worry about, you know, someone fucking reporting us to, like, to be, to be called before, to be burned at the stake because we disagree. We, we committed treason by disagreeing with the church. <laughs> Like, and I mean, no. quite literally, and I, I know, like, people might feel like whatever about some of these issues, but, like, the more I learn about history, the more I'm like, listen, I'm not even going to try to pretend like life is good. I'm a yeah, huge it's, proponent it's... that America be on the, some decline shit, but, oh, like, yeah. the global circumstances is kind of better. Apparently, like, global starvation is really a supply command issue rather than a generation of food issue. So if yeah, I mean, issue is politicians, we've come a long way. I feel like I, I, I get that aspect of it, too. But I feel like the problem is I think the threats have changed over the years. I think now, you know, a lot of people I still think nuclear war is 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 an, is an incredible threat that we should always be constantly aware of. And 
the fact is that we're not in control. Like there are these these these. What is that? I'm gonna quote GTA for like a dickhead, but he, he said, "War is the, the where the old and bitter are tricked by the young and stupid into killing each other, and we're not in control of who cho chooses to go where and you know wipe out this part of the population. Like we're not in control of those things. It's a lot of politicians and big dick waving. But look at it like waving, this, right? Period. When yeah. I was in college, you heard about like the motherfucking Darfur." That was the hot topic for a quick minute. And so you would see, like, whatever students... I don't know if you ever watched Community, uh, the show. No, no, I don't think so. Damn, I feel old. I don't really watch much TV. That's fair. Um, it's also not, like, new the more I think about that reference. But either way. So, like, back in the day, they would, like, fucking just, like, sit there with, like, stands and preach about, like, whatever fucking issue was going on in the world that was, like, the hot one that the media was talking about and shit. Now, like, everybody's, like, kind of, like, knows about, like, 57 different global conflicts. Like, you could have an opinion on, like, you know, the Ukraine-Russia shit, the Israel-Palestine shit. You could, like, pick the Middle East as a global topic. You could, like, be like, hmm, what do I feel about the slave labor the slave labor and FIFA? And, like, mm -hmm. all these different things where, like, back in the day you just heard about the fucking one. You know? Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, our perspectives are wildly, like, eye-opened, in my opinion. Right. And I think we're just learning how to absorb, like, the truth in this generation as opposed to it's, like, actually worse I, think I just hope the arbitrary bullshit, and I and I actually do see a lot of millennials that copy the boomers that raise them, unfortunately. Big facts. But I just hope that the arbitrary shit that used to define what people thought about things just goes away. Whether it's like, you know, especially like, and I'm not against people practicing peacefully. It is what it is. But I'm just not a fan of religion. You know that kind of stuff, especially. I feel like everyone interprets it differently like you'll have like they're the most fucking right-wing extremist christian fun fundamentalist christian then you'll have a christian who is who may agree on all the things that we talk about and it's just so backwards because the one that was fed to me was the uh fundamentalist right-leaning christian and it's just like since that was what was fed to me, I want to reject that. And then I kind of reject religion as a whole, to be honest with you. And, but you know. Like, I've also met people that went down the same rabbit hole, but ended up, like, just sticking with it. Like, I used to be part of the church for a minute. And it's wild, man. Because sometimes I talk to these people all this time later, and, like, they're still in that world. So they can't really fuck with me. And it's weird to see how it works out. And then I'm not in that world no more. So I went down yeah. the more, oh, say word. Having sex and smoking weed is like not your cup of tea. Oh, and I actually, well, at one time they were like, some dude was like, bro, stop calling yourself a Christian. You're making us look bad. And I had to think about that. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I guess I am. I guess I am by all definitions making Christians kind of look bad by smoking I mean, pot it, it's and like, fornicating. Then, Christian, then you'll see a Christian that... It's all about having sex and smoking weed. So what the fuck is, like, everybody interprets the Bible, like, differently. That's the issue with the Bible that I see. It's just, like, no one can really fucking agree on what, like, I especially mean, abortion and shit like I that. I would argue that if you go, like, deep into the semantics of the Bible, there's, like, permissible elements to everything. But, like, 
fundamentally people live way too die hard in my opinion by a book that's a translation that's a translation like yeah. think about it the english that existed when the king james version was translated is not the same english that exists today even if right. you're reading them words you guys like the whole world may just be fucking wrong about like an interpretation of some twist on some shit and then everybody misread the bible for like fucking 200 years of culture people literally used uh love thy neighbor as justification of racism which is so backwards like i don't know how they do that it's incredible <laughs> like oh and another thing that i learned recently about the bible um i was on a video that was talking about uh I guess I forgot what video it was. It was talking about like the media and like people trying to like reactionary ban everything that has X Y Z in it. And then I remember someone posted a, a passage that said something to the effect of, "She lusts after her her lovers with uh, genitals of a donkey and emissions of a horse." And I'm like, really? And they're little kids with that shit on their nightstand. Like, like you want to ban a piece of entertainment? Seriously? I mean, let's just be consistent. You know what I mean? Mm. That's that's just how I see. But that's it. where it goes back to like. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all actually went to church, but I went to different kinds of churches, and I don't know how many people are aware of how many kinds of churches. But the difference between pastor-driven, open brethren, and closed brethren are all extremely different experiences of church. And then it was like. Church becomes a little bit of like, and even the same thing I'm sure to the various levels of Judaism and Islam that I'm aware of is you kind of pick the level of rules you want to follow and then find a club that like best reinforce how you interpret it. And that's kind of how it ends up being. Like, I know that depending on what you're down for, there's different levels of tradition that supersede other things. Like Judaism is super fucking tradition based, but like end of the day, it's just there isn't just one thing because like yo how it manifests in a country where it's persecuted versus how it manifests in a country where it's a tax write-off are going to be completely fucking different things like Mm -hmm. yo it's wild how much like being a pastor saves you cash when you don't i think you don't have to pay taxes or some shit even in canada Mm, that's crazy i'm a proponent of taxing the churches if they want to get into politics they can pay the real estate tax i don't give a shit that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and how much fucking wealth is accumulated by our institutions. But and God order. said this. Let's pay your taxes. To be fair, what actually is said about the whole tithing shit is, like, don't do it disingenuously and don't do it if you can't. Like, even somebody died because they weren't in their heart giving sincerely. In the story that talks about the 10%, literally a person dies because they give like when they don't want to and god's like nah gee like it's kind of better that you don't do that but like people ain't be fucking reading the whole stories the way it works in church is they snip it the fucking passages to reinforce the arguments it's really like effective essay writing via quotation so like you never really hear the part of the passage so to speak i'm not saying all churches because i've been to the kinds that are like gangster about their shit and i've been to the kind that are not so like i don't want a blanket statement anything right, but right. because we know that both exists we're just going to apply this to the that version of it um right. and it really creates this like cherry picking shit like yo i used to do this shit with my dad where like when i was in trouble he would give me church essays to write where i had to go through his source material and reinforce his arguments 
and shit. It was really weird. It was like, okay, so go to First Corinthians 2 and 14, and this verse says that. And then you go to this verse over here in this part of the Bible, and it says that. And if you put these two verses together, it means that. And we're saying this to counter that guy's version of this. And, yo, getting deep into Did Bible Did you say Illuminati verse, confirmed after he said all that? Nah, but, like, it's the same <laughs> shit, except it's like, yo, Bible confirmed. But like, yeah. I went through, and I'm not saying it to make fun of it, but I'm saying, like, that was my high school. I was watching my dad discover internet forums of fucking religious fanatics, and, like, they would go to, like, fucking war oh, over no. whether or not the church would go through the tribulation, which effectively is a nothing burger argument. Basically, that is, are we all going to suffer as Christians before Jesus takes us back, or are we not going to suffer as Christians before Jesus takes us back? Like, what kind yeah. of a fucking waste of time-ass argument is that? Yeah, that's it's the just, whole bro. I watched them put because not just him, right? It's everybody he's arguing with, mm-hmm. and they would go to bro war. Churches divide over this subject. Yeah, I mean, Wild that's shit, the thing. Bro. That's the main con- problem I have with it. Like, there's no. It just shows, like you know, people. You know, I believe that there are good people, there are bad people, and then, well, actually, I wouldn't even. That's oversimplifying. I don't believe it's that concrete. Actually, I believe. That you can't just, like, people are going to, what I should have said was, people are going to be people. And regardless of whether they're, you'll have atheists that act like fundamentalist religious people when it comes to atheism. But, you know, in, in, that, in that case, it's just another, it's just another, um, you know, uh, they're just following their own religion. They're, they're, you know, trying to indoctrinate other people. Whereas, you know, people that are actually you know, want to be objective about this stuff. Like, they don't really... Like, I don't actually... Like, I don't walk around trying to, like, shove this shit down everybody's throat. It's just that I don't appreciate that shit being shoved down my throat. And when it's shoved down my throat, I feel like it's necessary to talk about these things because, you know, I personally believe that if someone wants to tell me why they feel a certain way, then I'm obligated to tell them why I feel a certain way. And they may not want to hear it, but I feel like if there's a if there's space for healthy dialogue it'll allow people to understand different people's different perspectives and that could break like the bonds of tradition of the bonds that traditionalism some of them that that traditionalism has created and you know stuff I don't like think that traditionalism makes sense in a globalized world because i think what happens a lot and this is something where i feel like where i live i'm exposed to a lot of different but not everybody that's from where I live is exposed to a lot of different. So you kind of get like two versions of being in a multi-diverse place. And like, all I'm saying is the people who like end up being exposed to a lot of different come to realize that traditions are more anecdotal than they are like applicable. Like how many things you do when you're growing up are just like some weird shit your parents did to make you fucking behave and no other kid in the world does it. And so we treat, our arguments like that weird shit we did as a kid was applied by everyone and there's so much of it that's like an eye in this situation and mm-hmm. like the reality is is yo all i'm good for is that i've talked to like probably well over a thousand people about their life at this point in my life so i've accumulated that many stories and it gives me a perspective that's broader than my own and i hope to collect thousands more before i die so that my perspective gets even broader but even then it's just splashing the bucket shit when you think about how china operates they don't have the same ethical codes we do they have social credit they don't have financial credit it's a wildly different fucking system and then you think about like the russian situation wildly different system 
Yo, Spain doesn't like like they take like fucking months off to party and they like have siestas and like yo, Spain's wildly different. And then it's like all these customs don't make sense when the world is considered and who's right? I don't fucking know. I'm I'm not saying we're right. Clearly there's strengths and weaknesses to all of it. America has it's like is so has an exceptionalism problem. Like there are so many people in here that just they just they're they're nationalists and I really don't have any national pride like you know and people take that as me saying oh well you don't respect the the the, the military like no dude I'm not just gonna like there's more to life than just mindlessly um speaking and singing indoctrination mantras like I actually stopped saying the pledge in ninth in ninth grade no one ever really messed with me about it either like I just stopped doing it. I just decided, you know what? I'm going to stop doing it. Because I didn't really yeah, believe what it was saying. that's the most North Korea shit ever. Yeah, like, I just I just stopped doing it. Like, I didn't really believe what the pledge said, you know? I just... But you, ha- you guys all have to, to the flag say of- the pledge. That's so wild to me. Like, to me, yeah. it's like, yo, you're saying that, like... And I that, I never did that shit, so... For but me, no it's other... Like- yeah, it's just like no other countries, like, what... Like, why North do Korea we do this? Like, it's an exceptionalism <laughs> thing. It's it's indoctrination. It's indoctrination in, in my personal it. It's, it's like... wild to me. I never... Because, yeah. sometimes I hear about it. And I never... I don't think about it regularly. Like, I know I had homeboys who went to Catholic school and they were forced to pray in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you weren't Catholic and you can get an exemption. Or I know, like... Yeah, there's the national anthem, and there'd be times when that would come on, and we'd sing that shit usually. But it's mostly like sporting events and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've never felt like gun to my head. I have to say this shit, you know. Like I've always felt like I had the choice to not say this shit. Freedom like, of choice, but people chastise you if you don't, if you exercise. Your fucking chastising me if I'm not singing the fucking national anthem. Go fuck Suck my like, dick. I don't give a but shit. But it's it's also like <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's the same here. Like where I live in Montreal, it might even be different in another part of Canada. So my attitude is highly reflective of where I'm from. You can't like assume <laughs> right. that like, yo, because Quebec politics isn't Canadian politics. If there was a Quebec national anthem, I don't know if there is, but if there was one, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't feel the same way versus the Canadian one because of the weird dynamic of Quebec politics. So well, like, it's like... possible in Ontario, which is just more English and more, it's more accepted. It mm-hmm. may be like more frowned upon, upon which I'd still fucking look at somebody like, what, I'm not gonna sing it. But like, that's also me. Other people I know would never disrespect the anthem or like they'll literally stand up and fucking go like that and shit. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like, and I may be wrong about this, but I'm just talking from my perspective. like. Canada seems to be more like it seems to be more culturally like respective of like all the different like because you know a lot of a lot of French a lot of French people over there and Bro, wait, no. America that's a big conversation has, <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah but I'm in the America part. is like so many different cultures but then there's like especially in the middle class like no, there's no, no, no. Hold on. it's like you know Canada is like at least six six main distinct cultural identities yeah, yeah, sewing yeah. together. Um, it's not like it's basically everything that's going on in your country, but we pretend like we're nicer. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was. I was. And we have just... more socialist policy, so I suppose. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's better to be poor where I'm at than it is to be poor where you're at. That's a fact, but. 
I mean, and like effectively there's less money circulation. Like I think our GDP is not growing the way yours would, but like end of the day, like, yo, Quebec politics is wildly like, I don't know how else to like put it, but like being English here effectively makes you an invisible minority. So there's a lot of language oh, politics crazy. and shit. So it centralizes, but that's not Canada. The rest of Canada thinks we're a bunch of goofballs and we're kind of centralized here because we get more tax dollars per capita than anybody else in the country. So they don't like us. And then we're a bunch of okay. whiners at a federal level. Like there's literally So it's still just as divided as as it is here. I was going to make a point about how like how it's America very not seems to have homogenous here. There's definitely yeah. like regions that are more homogenized. So like uh, Montreal is very distinct and populated. We're a very we're like very centralized, but not a lot of political power because of geography spread. The rest of Quebec is like a separate group. Then you have the the eastern part that's all like the I don't know maritime shit. All these people kind of have a separate culture that's different. Ontario's its own thing. Then even within Ontario, there's rural versus fucking you know urban. That's the same everywhere. Then you got the prairies, which in my opinion is a bunch of fucking nothing. But I'm sure they wouldn't like me saying that. But what can I say? I'm from <laughs> Montreal. It is what it is. Um, but there's there's like fucking. It just looks like a bunch of rolling fields for three provinces. And then you get to BC, which is our version of California, or Seattle, mm, one of those yeah. two. And it's yeah, like I mean each of these call. They showed there's so many. And then there's the indigenous communities, right, that also coexist here. And then there's the fact that, like, our provinces basically fucking dickwag to get immigrants to come because we don't fuck at a rate to grow our population. So we rely on immigration heavy to grow as a country. Back to that, like, upscaling shit. Right. That's the truth of it. We were, like, 1.4 kids per couple and shit. So clearly your population be growing. It's immigration more than fucking. So all yeah. the places try... And they compete heavy. Like, the provinces compete against each other for like tour for for where you go when you get here and shit anyway i have to say hella divided in and you know what the worst part is all we do is talk about american politics <laughs> you know what's sad though we're like the cent we kind of i feel like america's like that one person that just cheated their way to the top and they're like you know everyone just fucking follows them and shit it's just like damn it's just like we're really looked at we're really saying how people get pissy when people outside the country have opinions on our politics actually politics don't is a mind lot that spicier. too much last space yeah yo i want to keep this going but unfortunately i gotta go actually in real life going to go do some shit um he's apparently in a place i have a friend that's in from out of town that i have to go see on some real life shit is i guess what i'm trying to say and um basically yeah so i don't want to end this per se in the sense that i think this is bad but it's more of this actually did go longer yeah, yeah, than i thought good. and in a the best I think that's possible good. i think that's good that we were able to stay on this long and know? i would definitely, definitely be interested in pursuing more of these conversations with you in the future i just unfortunately yeah. don't think i Absolutely. can keep doing it today all your links and shit are plugged. It's like the same people here. They already got your links, so we don't have to do it in the right, Twitch no again. I was gonna in say, the... I was gonna say maybe if I could share my Discord link real quick my, for my server. Yeah, my, send uh, me that, and then we can put that in, and then um, basically, 
I, uh, yeah, and I don't mean to end it so abruptly. I just got a couple of messages. Then the okay. Ooh, I have uh, at least an hour to go before I can leave my apartment after this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of hungry too. I want to go get some food. I hear you, so. my guy. But I think your mind is super fascinating. Um, I think the way you perceive the world is is really great. Shout out Ghostface Miller, who's sitting there bigging you up in the chat. But really, we wouldn't have this conversation at all we wouldn't have connected if it wasn't for ghostface miller, ghostface miller. which ultimately means if it wasn't for ismail gadamsi being his little twitch butterfly self getting me to follow ghost mace for holy shit you're third in gifted subs now say word shout out ghostface miller extra doubly i should probably join your server too actually <laughs> yeah i'm gonna start i'm trying to use it more i have a personal server um maybe i'll send that I to you that. Too. I have a personal server with all my with all my people in there, but this is like my com that's my community server. I hear you, my work, dude. I'm learning about Discord in real time. I'm trying. I started good morninging every day. So if you want to get a beautiful good morning, that first Discord link, that one is fucking Ghostface Miller's, and that one's my fucking mine. Woo. Okay. Anyway, I appreciate y'all for watching. All the links are going to be down in the description below for the people that want to follow in the future. Um, shout out Zomanel for still being here because I'm in shout out moods. Um, but, yo, we are going to go through, start off the raid. Appreciate you a lot, Neved. I really, really well enjoyed done, this. I appreciate your time, bro. Hearing, nah, man, this is what I do for fun. But it's a, it's a gift for me to hear what a young person gets to think, right? Because... Zalmanal can attest, I'm cognizant that my old ass is becoming old ass. And we all benefit mm -hmm. from hearing about your generation's perspective yeah. of shit. So it's a gift for all of us. On that note, though. Appreciate everybody long, watching, too. Live long and prosper, everybody.